Hogan's Heroes, the experience sign right over your garage door. <laughs> yeah, that, that'll be that'll 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 be how I wake them up. It'll just be. You should do that anyway. Yeah. <laughs> I probably will. You should wake Steve up like that yeah. every morning. <laughs> Hogan. Well, lately, it wouldn't be him waking me up. Oh, oh. listen to that! Yeah. Yeah. Dirty laundry aired. <laughs> <laughs> feel the shade of everyone, and then I feel. I nothing. know, I you know. Guys he, have, you guys haven't even lived together for a week. Yeah, at one thirty, he's like, mm, another episode. I'm like, dude, it's one thirty. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so he's a bad influence. Yeah, he's terrible. Ah, you haven't changed, sir. Good on you. Welcome, right. folks, to Geek Shock number six hundred and ninety-nine. I am Master Torgo. Eighties Jeff. Commander K. Flarg. And Professor Biggs. And we're here to talk Week in Geek. Somewhere Deb is angry she doesn't know why yet. <laughs> because she feels like the and credit was taken from her. Yeah. Mm. Must be, I list, he didn't take her name this week. <laughs> I know. That, that was Apparent, Apparently there was a conversation about that. Oh, yeah? Was there? there yeah. There was perhaps a text, uh, text <laughs> line. Oh, yeah. Because <laughs> somebody narked. Oh, did they? Oh, yeah. oh, oh, yes, I did. <laughs> as soon as I got home, like, hey, Steve as was on the soon, show. Guess what happened? As soon as he got, he was. And then she's like, she stopped what she's doing. She paused her, her English drama where people were dancing and immediately yeah. went to the texts. I mean, dude, it was like 10 minutes after he left and bloop, And Steve's like, it just shows up, you know, Biggs. No taking names. <laughs> frowny face, frowny face, frowny face. Yeah. And then I said, oh, you wait till next week. Yeah. <laughs> and she's not here. So, <laughs> so I can't prank her yet. She's busy, man. She had to work. Yeah. That's okay. It'll, That's keep, right. it'll keep. <laughs> now I want to know what it is. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm, <laughs> oh, I'm all baited breath over here. <laughs> Okay, that's that's enough. Okay, yeah. <laughs> dial that stroke down. Oh my God. So, gentlemen, what geeky things you do this week? I know a couple of you did some wild and crazy geeky things, so I think I'll just give the floor over to you guys. Yeah, you, K, and Biggs. That's <laughs> oh, right. I was say, oh, oh, there's a few oh. of us in here. Help. So, creation was in town, uh, and so I smell. Yeah, 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 and uh, oh. Huh. Uh, lo and behold, there are $95 tickets at the door. We're suddenly $70 at the door. Oh, I wonder why. Mm. Hmm. Could it be that you could just walk into everything and oh. they had they had all this all their seats lined up, you know, with with letters and everything, you you know, for their gold and copper and silver things and nobody was paying a lick of attention to any of that i, I assume gold copper silver that's the levels of ticket yeah 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 and nobody was paying a lick of attention to that because they didn't sell a whole lot of those mm. so if if they had the whole first you know 20 rows would have been nobody sitting there did anyone buy those yeah. I don't know. A few people did. I know. Because they were bitching about it on the on Facebook. But yeah. they get an extra hour in the ball pit, so <laughs> yeah. whatever. I mean, and the one thing that just killed me, and it's like, nobody, because I, I, I am on several Star Trek Facebook pages where they were talking about the union rules that they can't talk about the 
any shows they've been a part of, and people were still bitching. So here's the stupid thing, and it's like they were shocked and horrified that this is the that this was the deal, and it's like some of you doesn't pay attention or is not on Facebook or or the internet. Yeah, or the yeah. internet. And and the funny thing was, they they did get around it. I mean, they they would do things like the Orville panel said uh, would say things like, um, you know, uh, Seth MacFarlane would uh, people would come up to him and ask him to do the uh, English baby's voice or that or that character's dad. You know the show I'm talking about. Of course, everyone knows what show he's talking about. And so they would talk about it obliquely like that. You know, they would talk about, yeah, the current show that we just finished shooting that might be a, you know, right? So they would be very cagey about it and very silly about it sometimes, you know, but, you know, so they were able to talk about it, but they're like, you had people going, all they're doing is talking about their hobbies and do, 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 and politics and do, and it's like, well, Jesus, uh, if it's your first convention, I guess that might be, that might be, you know, uh, off-putting, er, yeah, yeah, uh, off-putting. But if you've been to a few of these, at least they're new subjects that they're talking about. At least it's not the same old stories. <laughs> yeah, you there know. is that. So, well, yeah, I mean, that's part of why I stopped going to any of the panels with the original series cast because after a while they kept telling the same stories, especially if they weren't really doing anything new. It was the same stories oh, yeah. over and over there again. Were so, there are some people at these, uh, the, some Star Trek uh, people that go to the cons, uh, actors, that have been on those shows for way less time than we were ever at. Get ready to, <laughs> get ready to drink, folks. Star Trek The Experience. Everybody right. drink. And I have long since run out of new stories to tell. I can't imagine what stories they're making up to tell at these cons. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's only, right, so far as the experience goes, there's om- only so many times you can tell the story of the dog on the shuttlecraft or, you know, any any of the old classics. And then but people go, what, dog on the shuttlecraft? Oh, somebody knew. Okay, cool. <laughs> there's a reason we don't constantly talk about our time there because that's a two, three episodes of this show and then that's it. Yeah, and we've kind of already done it, right? Yeah, much. Yep. yeah, to death. So, anyway, go to the old catalog, folks. There's lots of Star Trek fun. <laughs> yeah, I will say one of the things that they did this year, and I'm, and maybe it was the only way they could get these people to get the stars to come to the convention. So, Creation has their autograph and photo shoot things that you sign up for, and they're outrageously expensive. And apparently a lot of that money does not go to the people whose autograph and photo you're getting. It does mm. not. So this year, everyone everyone who is at the convention had their own table in the dealer's room. So, you could, so yeah. you could just walk up and talk to them if they weren't busy. Uh, you could just pay them directly. You know, you could do it in cash, and then they wouldn't charge a sales tax. If you had ran a card, they'd have to charge a sales tax. But you could just do it, and they were still like Frakes was sixty bucks. You know, it's it's interesting you mentioned Frakes because uh, I remember at Lavar Burton's booth many many years ago, he said that it was Frakes and Spiner that started that because they were getting frustrated by finding out how much creation was charging for their autographs yeah. and how much they were getting 
paid per autograph, and it was like a third. Yeah. So, so they bought their own booths. They were signing at the booths, some cases taking pictures at the booths, mm-hmm. and charging way less. So they were getting a lot more direct profit from it. Yeah. So And that's what happened this year. And I mean, literally, it was almost everyone who was on a panel. Any any of the celebs that were that were there that were on a panel, they did their creation duties, but then they also had their own tables in the thing. So you could literally, if they were at their table, just walk right up, have a conversation with them if they weren't busy, get a photo, get a, you know, get an autograph. It would cost you still, but you could do it. And yeah, without the without the creation intermediary. <laughs> so, uh, so I thought that was cool. Cause I mean, lit- I was looking around and you know, we always, often joke about the, the hall of fallen stars, right? Well, that's but how they make was, their money. Yeah. But it was Anson Mount. It was Ethan Peck. It yeah. was, it was, uh, Re- Rebecca Romain. Those was, are not fallen stars. No. Those are current. It, yeah. What's well, also fascinating about that. Uh, cause I, many, many years ago in Kansas city, when I was still living in that area, there was a star Trek convention there and a fairly well-known Star Trek Voyager actor was there, and I had gotten his autograph, and I remember overhearing, but I got it part of a package, and I remember overhearing him talking about, because uh, this was not a creation convention. This was um, Slanted Fedora, oh who boy. doesn't exist anymore, which good. That's a whole nother, <laughs> that's a whole nother topic of conversation, but... He was talking with somebody that was there to get his autograph and saying, oh, I'm so glad you're signing this time because when I saw you in blah, blah, blah city, I couldn't afford to get the, the uh, you know, the, the uh, autograph ticket. And he's like, well, how much were they charging? Yeah. And they were charging $75 for his autograph. And he stopped. He put his pen down. He's like, they're charging how much for my autograph? Come to find out, he was getting paid twenty dollars per autograph Jesus. from creation, oh. and then they would put they would pay like a block. So anything over and above that, they had to um, quote unquote track the tickets. Yeah, but since he and his handler weren't tracking the tickets, they had no idea whether yeah. they had actually hit that full block and then gone over and it's a to big, get the overpay. It's a big mistake to trust uh, creation. Oh yeah, I, I do have to say though. Really, guys? Really? Yeah. The sign, the signage mm-hmm. with the prices is right there. Well, but th- you... this is before they did that. They okay. did not do this 20 years ago. Okay, okay. Um, and I honestly, the only people that get paid a decent amount, and it's because they have fierce negotiating teams. Well, yeah, because they know what they're doing. Are, they're... are your, your Shatners right. and your, um, you know, your Anson Mounts and so forth. But even them, just like you said, Steve, they're... They're just they're tired of the you know the fight with con- with creation, so they yeah. start buying their own tables. Yeah, and Going, most and which, people which, don't care. Which goes back to uh, Will Wheaton uh, just uh, hating creation forever. Oh yeah, well Absolutely. they they did him dirty like more than one time. Yeah. yeah. It, it's quick aside. If you like autographs and you're going to be in Salt Lake from September 21st to 23rd, you should visit FanX, where 80s Jeff will be signing your boobs. Yes. <laughs> well, so my boob. Will you sign my boob now, Jeff? Yeah. Sure. Thank you. I got a Sharpie right here. Yeah. There you go. But I will say. Really uh, dots those eyes. <laughs> so, so when I found out no that they. When I found out that they dropped the ticket price, 
Uh, and I looked at what panel Yes, to a mere 70 bucks. To a mere... What a saving, Steve. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> no, yeah, yeah. Don't rub it in. Jesus. What a and, savings. And they also had a lifetime membership to a Star Trek uh, RPG computer <laughs> game. So oh. Steve saved every which Steve, way. For $70, oh. no one's rubbing anything. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but anyway, they... Um, they had some decent panels, and they did have the Orville panel that day, so it was. Oh, I really wanted to go see that. Yeah, so it was good, and the. Uh, yeah, but. And I, I wanted to <laughs> never mind see Frakes, but I couldn't <laughs> see when people were lining up to ask questions. So by the time I saw where the lines were, they were already full, and I wasn't able to ask a poor Steve. I know, and so I, and so in in memoriam, I have shaved my beard anyway. Uh. Uh, <laughs> but Frakes is funny. Um, Todd Stashwick was funny. They were both funny together on stage. Um, uh, and again, because when they had the guest stars on, the guest stars were able to talk about all their other projects coming up that, you know, since they only did a season of Star Trek or an episode of Star Trek, you know, their, their well, what, Star Trek stories are way done and told. So. Well, what projects could they talk about? Because you can't talk about anything. If it's under A M T P P P T T P P, right? So they were t- so like for instance, T P for my bumhole. Isa Brionis, Isa Brionis, Isa Brionis, Isa Brionis. Choose one. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> the I, lady, the I, lady from season one and two t- of Picard. My gut's telling me Isa. Uh, we talked about she's got a couple of she's focusing on her music career. Oh, okay. There you go. And. Um, and might have an album coming out that she's been working on. See, what a great excuse to push your own personal project. There you go. Yeah. I, 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 you know what? It occurred when we were talking. Uh, I, I saw Paul. We saw Paul. Mm-hmm. Yes. And uh, Eric Randall showed up. April was there. And we were just like, because everyone's talking about some of the big panels were the ones with the tech people, because the tech people could talk current stuff because they're not bound by the strike stuff. So those panels got kind of hot for the skinny. But I was like, you know what? They really fucked up because they should have had a Star Trek The Experience panel because we could have talked our asses off about everything. They've been fucking up on that. Yeah, I mean, they've been stupid on that forever. But it was just like this, this was the year that they should have had us because, shit, probably a few stars would have showed up to ask us questions. Well, frankly, but, if creation knew what the fans actually wanted. Well, yeah, yeah if they were concerned. They, they would not have lost the Star Trek license. You know, if they were concerned about what fans <laughs> yes, actually wanted. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Case oh. in point, fun thing, I was at Starfest Denver. I don't know what it was called. This was back in 2000, and I want to say five, four, something like that. Um. I was at the bar and I was wearing my Star Trek. Imagine the, that. I know. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> wearing my Star Trek The Experience jacket. I was just waiting for my girlfriend at the time, and I just start talking to people, and then I start talking to more people, and people start asking me questions about the experience. And before I realized it, I was I had a crowd around me, just like and I was just talking about. Barry the have a crowd around him at a bar. This is just the weirdest story I've been I've ever heard. I, I know, <laughs> but. And then he went upstairs to Deb in the room, and he's like, hey, get up. We're going to have a pool party with John, Frank, Peter, (laughs) Shelly, and Maria. And she's like, who the hell are they? And uh, I just met him. (laughs) Deb wasn't my girlfriend at the time. Oh. Uh, But, no, we did have, like, parties. Anyway, uh, there was 
it was a crowd because people were actually interested in something new that they didn't something new about Trek that they didn't see before. Yeah. So you're right. Creation's dumb. Yeah, yep. it 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 at, no, because I was just sitting there and they're not just dumb; they're just that. arrogant. Yeah, and it was just like, oh shit, you know, this would have been the year. Uh, yeah, y- you know, we could. I think we'd do okay. I don't know. Some of these panels, you go in and you're the only person sitting there. There's more people on the panel than there's you in the audience, and you're just like, ah. but uh, I think that you know there would have been a few people there, and it would have been kind of cool. Yep. So the uh, speaking of. Speaking of creation, it's arrogance and boy, just not being able to read the room. So, of course, they don't have license to Star Trek, so they can't use any Star Trek imagery or anything. All of their big photo op things, you know, placed around the hallway. Okay. All done with AI art. All done with, and I was like, oh, this is my surprise face. Yeah. I was like, man, are you guys just kind of tone deaf? <laughs> Do you not understand that the reason these people can't talk about Star Trek at your Star Trek convention is because of the issues over AI? And look what you've done. They couldn't just take their heads and put them on people with like a shirt and tie? Well, that was the thing. Like the DeForest Kelly. Uh, he was leader, in a polo. The, he was in a polo shirt. And Leonard Nimoy was just a you know publicity shot from when he was doing a book signing or something like Shatner's that. Shatner's shirt was torn. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's perfect. So, um, but yeah, all the other big all the other big photo op things were all AI art. All uh, that's dumb. What is it? What, what did we have on our Discord? Mid Journey. Mid Journey. It was all Mid Journey stuff. And I was just like, you guys are so freaking ridiculous. This is. Oh boy! It doesn't take long go. to Photoshop people's heads onto like well, people with no, certain yeah. ties, but it does cost money. Yeah, you know. Whereas you can just rip off some they AI can, they, artists. They can stuff yeah. off. <laughs> I know. Right now, He's wouldn't that be funny? Plagiarism program, yeah. Dude, wouldn't it be funny if like you know people are putting up pictures and there's some guy and he's like. <gasps> I had Mid Journey make that image last week. That's <laughs> so, what I'm getting at. So yeah. they're stealing. Creation, creation already stole somebody else's stolen art. <laughs> Damn it! Did they use my prompts or just use the image? Yeah, it, it was it was those images that have been floating around, you know, yeah. social media for a while. Oh, so you recognized them? Yes. Okay. Oh yeah, it was it was the you know. Uh, what if Star Trek was a 1920s movie serial? Oh my god! Kind of stuff. What That's if, great. Know, what if Star Trek was done in the 50s? That That's cringy. Wonderful. That is just wonderful. I, I, you know, I can sort of see that as like a, a type of clip art. It's just the whole where the images, where the stuff is ultimately derived from, which is the big issue. But that's actually kind of funny. I just want to. I just want. That 15-year-old, you know, who sat on mid-journey for four hours to get that one picture of the chick with the boobs, and he's just like, they stole my picture! <laughs> yeah. So what was the highlight? What was the, the best part? I got shit-faced. That's a yeah. good part. That's a good part. They, yeah. uh, we, uh, oh, God, that fucking... Mexican restaurant, uh, Fieri's. <laughs> oh, Guy Fieri's restaurant? Yeah. yeah. Borracho Burrito? And they yeah. sell, they, it was. Burro, re- not Burro, burrito. Sorry, Burro yeah, Burracho. Burro. 
It was really funny because I was like, what the hell? I'm like looking at the menu. I turned to Steve. You know, you need a California for this Mexican stuff. And I turned to Steve and I'm like, what's a fucking burro? And he's like, it's like a big burrito. And I'm like, oh, I just, <gasps> I get it. <laughs> but um, they, they have these bowls. They're almost like the little personal bowls for our drinks from the experience. One drink. And uh, I, I got one for Steve and I. Um, and, and we drank that down and then, uh, someone else got a refill on theirs and took two sips and we're like, I'm done. And that's an expensive, I'm done. Yeah. So Steve and I helped him out. What it cost? Mostly me. Like 50 bucks. Jesus. For for the drink? Yeah. Yeah. What the fuck was in this drink? That's less than the warp Uh, core we're at the end of this experience. Mm -hmm. Inflation, uh, dude. It was their Cadillac margarita. Yeah. So was it just a really big Cadillac margarita? Yeah, yeah. Uh, the bowl. I mean, in the I've, I've Steve, seen them. Give me a visual. Steve, it's yeah. an audio it show. <laughs> Here, let me show you. I, I've seen a few right restaurants you are, that do that. I, I cringe at that the big. idea of you being a DM again. <laughs> um, it, it, yeah, it's. It's like the it's size of the personals that we used to have at the. Not experience. everyone knows what that is. Well, then you the, describe the mini it. warp core bowl was about thirty ounces. Thank there you. That's you what I see, it's see. Between, total with it, ice that's and what he wanted and it, mixer. Yeah, yeah. it's be, it was between the personals and the regular size. It's yeah. midway between the. So that's like four drinks. So fifty I, bucks ain't bad. So I was blasted, and uh, we went and sat in the I bar. And then uh, I got a little emotional, and then Steve drove me home. I have to leave my car at Rio. Come back the next day. Now, I'm blowing off work. I've got to do. And I go back the next day, and all right, all right. Yeah, Steve's like, you coming in? I'm like, uh, okay, okay, I'll come in. And, of course, I stay there for a while, you know. <laughs> yeah, and it was really just because Paul was in town. We were going to go, you know, pick Paul up, take him on a supply run, go get something to eat, and then come back, and then... I guess your original plan was just after that you'd be yeah I'd hide home and actually work <laughs> yeah but nope <laughs> went inside we talked we came up with some great uh, ideas and you know I told my Darren story and there you go yeah that's my weekend so we hung out with drunk trekkies at the masquerade the last night the highlight of the con no that's no what my it highlight is. of the con is Jonathan Frakes getting all racist about Andorians that was fun. Wait, what? Okay, you can't just do that. Yeah, you don't just throw that out there. Oh, I thought we were done with my... uh... No, now I need to know what you're talking about. (laughs) Apparently, it is a running joke on the the sets of any Star Trek show that Frakes directs. Anytime he sees a Andorian extra or something, is get that Andorian out of here. <laughs> and they're like, "What?" And, they, and he goes, and he goes, and the poor extras just sitting there going, oh, "What did I do?" And, <laughs> yeah, and it's just, and, he, and somebody said, "Well, what is what is up with your Andorian racism?" And he's like, "Oh, I laid all at the feet of Jeffrey Combs." <laughs> uh, that <laughs> makes sense know. now. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Jeff, missed you for a while. What, yes, what have you done? I got to do a couple of things. Um, went saw Haunted Mansion. Um, I think that movie it, it it was a fun little romp. I mean, it's not the greatest film at all, but was you know, it better than the Eddie Murphy one? Oh, way better. Okay, the bar was low. Um, <laughs> I don't know. It's it's not getting the greatest reviews, but I don't think that it's deserving of all the hate. If that makes sense, it's a fun movie. It's a popcorn movie. Um, 
you know, it's loaded with stars. So, I mean, why would you not want to go see a fun little Haunted Mansion movie? Wasn't so, Owen Wilson in that? Owen Wilson is in it. Does yes. he say wow? You know, wow. it's funny. I was actually pay, paying attention, waiting for that. And I, I like at a certain point in the movie, I stopped looking for it. So now I don't remember if he did or didn't. Ah, well, it didn't jump out then. We're going to um, go with no. But anyway, that's that's one of the things I did. Uh, the other thing I did was watch the uh, the Star Trek Strange New Worlds musical episode. <laughs> oh, oh, yes. Let's talk on about On my that brand is. new 4K TV. Yes. So I finally upgraded, and oh, my God, it was so worth it watching uh, watching Strange New Worlds in 4K. Uh, I, the color palette with Strange New Worlds on a 4K TV with HDR, it's just, it's night and day, because, <laughs> oh my God, it's so brilliantly lit when you're watching it in HDR. And then, you know, the the blues, the reds, the greens, they're not muted like we're used to. They're really popping. But I have to say, and since I have three actors in the room here, uh, and sort of Barry, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Suck all the dicks. <laughs> I really want to know why. He was sitting on that one. He was sitting on that one. I can hear it. <laughs> a little dust on it. He dusted that right off and yeah. threw it down. I want to know why. I just want to start calling you sort of Barry. Actors with theater, with musical sort of theater Barry. backgrounds seem to have an extra edge in performing both comedy and drama than your your typical either stage or screen there's actor n- there's, because there's no room for specialization. You you have to be a you really need to do it all. Because after watching the episode and finding out that the vast majority of that cast has a musical theater background, it was like, oh, it all makes sense now because they really run the gamut of the emotions on this on this series. And they do it so convincingly. And that's not to say we haven't had good actors on previous series, but it always seems like there's that extra layer of perfection, maybe. I, I, I don't know what the right word is, that somebody with a musical theater background has you when also, they transition to screen acting. You also have to bust it out. Musical theater is the, the biggest right. theater you're going to get, and you have to hit those back that back row of seats. And that's one of the beautiest things about taking theater people, putting mm-hmm. them on screen, because paring down is much easier than puffing up. It's like when you get television stars right. or, or film stars and you put them in a stage production. Sometimes that's yeah. an awful you and, know, thing. But the theater people, yes. that's why, like me, I went and got my theater degree, even right. though I really didn't even want to do theater ever. Um, I had great respect for it. And all my heroes, all of them, had extensive theater backgrounds before they got to screen. And it's it. I, I, something else I was noticing. It's it's the body movement. You know the the way that they do their physical performance while they're doing the normal acting, or even when they launch into the the musical numbers, is just I don't know. It it seems superior to you know. It, it's all about specificity. Okay. It's all about, um, I, I mean, even even straight play actors, we often talk about be specific, be specific, be sp- specific. If you're general, it's just going to look 
sloppy and weird. Whereas if you are specific, if you have a specific action that you're trying to accomplish, if you have a specific action that you are doing, it's easily replicable for one thing. Okay. Um, and then if you're doing a if you're doing a musical, there is musical theater technique that is all about if you're doing like for instance your solo number mm-hmm. that you come out and and it and it goes back to old school acting technique where you come out you strike a pose you do that verse for the next verse or any kind of emotional transition or anything like that you strike another pose and you kind of hold that and you let your voice and your emotion kind of care and 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 a very specific physicality um take care of the storytelling um most of these people if you do musicals i mean i'm not a dancer right i'm barely a mover twenty dollars you are (laughs) (laughs) Uh, but but most music most fully rounded musical theater performers are triple threats they can sing they can dance they can act and and that means if you're a dancer you have you have a command of your person Okay. That, uh, you know, that, like, I don't know, I don't know, that actors who are not necessarily dancers may or may not have. Kind of, again, it yeah. kinda depends on what your training is. Uh, when I was in grad school, sadly, we ended up wasting two years because our movement teacher was either drunk or high or both, uh, oh. depending on the day. And it wasn't until we got, it wasn't until they, did not hire her, did not give her tenure, and they brought in somebody new who who was n- not drunk or high and actually <laughs> knew how to communicate, you know, physical movement to people who were not primarily, you know, dancers, that we actually got some decent movement training. Gotcha. And, and it was, it was, and now thankfully, oh, Okay, I'm gonna. Re- okay, I'm trying not to go off on tangents here and, and just answer the question, <laughs> but that's basically it. Okay, um, because I mean, I know you, Todd, both have musical experience, and I know that you, Kirsten, also had stage experience. I just didn't know if you had musical right. stage. Well, experience. I I didn't do musical, but okay. I did a theater degree, and so right, I right, was right. surrounded by musical theater. <laughs> that's right, get some fame. Right oh my! Oh, well, and, and and the reason oh. I suspected that you didn't is because you're grown. When I mentioned that I was excited about the yeah the the musical episode. It, it, of yeah, it, it, well, it's kind of funny because I'm just not big on musicals, oh, but at the so same time, I mean, triple threat. Steve said it, that's an actual term in the industry. Right. When you say that, you are telling someone that someone is a dancer, a singer, and an actor. And not everybody can do that. You know, it was uh, funny. We're reflecting on like how Rebecca Romaine yeah. has been doing, right? Now, she was a supermodel. Right. So she had a lot of, lots of movement. What's ex- the difference between a model and a supermodel? Hey, pay, pay about $10,000 an hour. Uh, how are you? Hey, yo. I think one could fly or something. Nope. It's $10,000 If you an hour. really wanted to, Barry, you could be a supermodel. Yeah. I'm waiting for this other shoot. No, I'm fully 100%. I think that you've got everything that it takes. Body, look, soul, business mentality. You will be yep. a perfect That's true. supermodel. The very soul of corruption. 
for Cat Fancy <laughs> Magazine. <laughs> ah, there it is. But but she has right. She's yes. got years, decades of movement experience, posing experience. Right now, if you get an acting teacher. Who knows? Instead of trying to like you know wipe away everything and start all over, grabs a hold of what she's good at and works from there, and like focus on voice and stuff like that. Right. Then you're going to get like what she's doing in Strange New Worlds, as opposed to God bless her soul, Cindy Crawford, who uh, essayed a few movies and ouch. I know? I vaguely remember Rebecca Romaine talking about when she got cast in X Men how working with because she had very little acting experience right. prior to that but working with a an instructor to kind of give her some yeah. some pointers on how to use the the skills she already had right and, and turn that and, into acting and, and look at who she was and what she did because yes. in that costume is mystique yes. being comfortable with your body right you know learning how to move and those kind of appliances there's yep. a shitload of experience she has to draw on if the people who are working with her know what they're fucking doing right and so in many ways you can look at that and say inspired piece of casting they did what they needed to do gotcha yeah. So it it really it really is you know um, it, it's a whole it's a whole bunch of things because it really uh, it gets it's so different between screen and both screens versus uh, versus say theater you know I I stumble across uh, Shannon Sharp has this fucking podcast thing that he also yeah. puts on YouTube and he interviews people and he interviewed Steve Harvey which I have to recommend to people because it's like Steve Harvey's fucking saying some insightful shit about the industry. And one of the comments he talked about is he was at a party. He met uh, Robert Downey Jr. at a party. I'm pretty sure it was Robert Downey Jr. Forgive me if it wasn't. And J uh, Downey was like, I'm going to show you the difference between a, a movie star and a TV star. And people are coming up to Downey and they're all distant and they're all, hey, Mr. Downey, love you and this and this and this and get your autograph, all right? And then, and then Harvey's like, and then people are looking at me and coming up and being like, hey, Steve, how are you, man? And they're just shaking his hand and asking how his day was and everything. And Downey said, as a movie star, people have to pick their shit up, spend their money and go out to see him. Whereas with Steve, as a TV star, they're letting you into your home, and it's like you're 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 literally being invited into their home, and you know that sense of familiarity. Yes, exactly. And it was just sense that you know somebody that you don't actually know, right? Mm -hmm. And it totally yeah. changes the dynamic, despite the fact that basically we're talking about similar things in Hollywood, right? You know, performers who appear, whose names make the deal, and what have you, and whatnot. But the whole environment of coming into the home versus they have to go out to the theater changes everything. Sure. And with podcasts, most people listen to podcasts at work or on a commute. Yes. So therefore, we're like weird coworkers. Yes. <laughs> right. You know, we're, we're the guys in the backseat of the car who just won't shut up. Yeah. Right. And farts occasionally. Oh, uh, yeah. Well, well, all well, I got to say is uh, I had a lot of respect for the Strange New Worlds cast. Prior to this episode, I have a whole new level of respect for them post seeing this episode. So yeah. that, that's all I really had to say. I, that's about the that. one thing that I will always say to anybody who wants to be an actor, even if it's in screen. It's just like, well, go and get some theater experience. And you need to get good experience, of course, but go and get theater experience because that, 
that is going to be what makes a difference for you because it's easier to pare down than it is to puff up and so you get on that screen and you got to tone it down it'll be so much easier for you yeah i don't i'm gonna pat myself on the back here um must don't be break Tuesday. your arm. Yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> um, way back in the day, um, we had a vocal coach come in to get people up and running for Romeo and Juliet when I was at Fullerton College, a guy named Alan Davies. He's great. Um, and his whole thing, it, you know, people would ask him, you know, he says, one of the questions that you often get asked, asked by actors is, well, how big do I need to be? And... And his comment that I have that I have taken with me everywhere was, "You, you're you have to understand that you are not only having a conversation with the person you're on stage with, but you're also having a conversation with the person sitting in the back row of the theater. So, just you adjust your performance, you adjust your voice, to be able to make sure that that person is included in your conversation, and that's how big you need to be." And some, and, and I applied that to film and television, right? So if you're in a large theater, the back of the house is hundreds of feet away. Film and television, it's maybe two feet away. That's how big you have to be. In film and television, you don't have to do anything. And, a lot of, and where a lot of stage actors have issue is understanding that when they're in a close-up, they have to rely a lot more on stillness. They have to rely a lot more mm-hmm. on just, if you raise an eyebrow in a close-up, that's a big deal. Yep. Uh, whereas that would never play on a, on a big stage, on a, or a stage in a big theater. Because that's, that's where my experience comes from, is setting up the camera and, and then trying to frame somebody and then looking at it and going, oh, you need to pull that back a little bit. Yeah. So, yeah. That's it. Cool. Goofball, what'd you do this week? Why am I goofball now? Oh, I'm sorry. Dickless. What did you do this Why week? am I dickless now? <laughs> anyway, I didn't quite get to the con because I had car issues and I had other shit to do, which I'm very sad because it seemed like you guys had a really good time. Uh, but Dev and I uh, did watch a great movie. Uh, and Todd, you got to see this movie if you Ooh. probably not already. Uh, Pinball, The Man Who Saved the Game. How have you not seen this? This is a great movie. Uh it's a story of Roger Sharp. He's a GQ journalist and a real-life pinball wizard who, in 1976, helped overturn New York City's 35-year-old ban on pinball. It is not a documentary, but it's all true, and it's a good story. So it's an actual scripted yeah. st- movie. Yeah, and uh, it's got Mike Fe- Feist, uh, Crystal Reed, and uh, Dennis... Oh, please forgive me for butchering your name, man. Get it. Go get it. Dennis Butsakaris. That's it. That's it right there. Nailed it. Yeah. he. Uh, you've seen him before and stuff. You don't know. You don't know. You're lying to me. Anyway, believe me. You've seen him before and stuff, and he's really good. And he play. he's playing an older uh, Roger Sharp talking about his time and saying, and, and the, the guy behind the camera is like, wait. We're, we're talking about you and your relationship here. When we get to the pinball thing, he's like, no, 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 it's important. And then it cuts back to ni- 1975, 1976, uh, when he and his now wife met, and uh, he just loves pinball. Oh, my God. It's a good story, and it was captivating. Um, and as you know, no big spoiler, it's got a happy ending because pinball is legal in New York now. It was saved. Yes, pinball was saved in New York. It's in the title, I 
It's right you, there in the you title. You can't give away the ending in the title. It's like John dies at the end. Okay, you can. You can give the ending away <laughs> in the title. Yeah. Uh, we rented it, I think. It was on Amazon. Okay. Just go see it. It's a good movie. If you like pinball, you're going to love this. If you don't like pinball, I don't like you. <laughs> fair. Yeah, fair. fair, fair, fair. That's it. That's it. That's it. Had a busy week otherwise, so I couldn't really do a lot of geeky stuff, but I kept it geeky at least one day. All right. Kay, did, what did you do? I also caught up on Lower Decks and um, starting finally the uh, previous season, past season, of Strange New Worlds, which is why I haven't seen the crossover episode or the musical episode just yet because I'm building up to it. But Wait, you didn't finish season one? I thought you did. Of what? Strange New Worlds. Yeah, I did. Oh. I wasn't sure. I wasn't sure what the fuck I was doing. Oh, okay. And so I was like, um, I was like, uh, I went through it. Steve and I actually uh, started a couple episodes, <laughs> and it it played for like two minutes. And I'm like, okay, I remember this. Boop. Next one. Okay, I remember. Boop. Uh, okay. Uh, and then I we ended up watching an episode where I either had drunk a lot of wine while watching it, or. <laughs> Or I went to sleep because it's like, I remember the first half, but I'm not remembering any of this that finished it. So The worst is coming back to a show after you've been away from it for yes, a while. Yes. And you can't remember where you were. And I've been away, and and uh, for whatever reason, my Paramount, I don't, and maybe I watched it on someone, part of it, on someone else's account. I think that's what I did. I'll bet you I watched some episodes at Francine and Jerry's on their account. And so I had some episodes with Red Bard, and some were not, and I was thoroughly confused. Oh, yeah. I bet you that's what fucking happened. Yeah. That so, happened to me watching Blacklist. Uh, you oh, know, the, the shit. Yeah. Now, there's, keep in mind, there's 10 seasons of this show. Right. Yep. Uh, and I think there are 22 I, episodes. Yes. <laughs> I realize how much hate I have for that now. <laughs> <laughs> I am, Deb and I have pushed through, and every so often, it was like the last thing of the night, we only got it like... 30 minutes before we really got to go to bed because we got meetings in the morning, blah, 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 because we're old um, and boring. And we're like, okay, fine, throw an episode of Blacklist on. It's not her favorite, but she's it's like sunk cost fallacy. She's come this fucking far. <laughs> we're like three quarters of the way through the eighth season. We only got like a couple more left. We just got to get through it. And we see, okay, there's set up. That explains why she's with him. Yeah, sunk cost fallacy. <laughs> <laughs> I know who I am. <laughs> Um, and in the beginning of the eighth season, you see, okay, here's the big bad villain. It's this dude, whatever. And you know you're going to have to wait 22 episodes <laughs> for this thing to wrap up. And you know they're going to have filler episodes where the, where, the, where the main story just inches the fuck along and doesn't get to it. And it's like, ugh. And the so last we're at that three seasons of The Flash. Ugh. You mean all the seasons of The Flash. Oh. The last three. How dare you. See dorks. Um. I love Blacklist because I love the character of Raymond Reddington, but yeah, it's, it, it's just grating on me that I got to sit through another 22 episodes in season nine and then another 22 episodes in season 10, which isn't even on Netflix yet. Well, I mean, it's James Spader and he just fucking owns that character. Yeah, he does. Uh, it's worse, though, when you watch it in broadcast because holy shit, they would play an episode, then they would... 
idle it for like two or three weeks <laughs> because of some sporting event or some special thing that was on the night that they aired. So you would wait weeks in some cases to finish the season yeah or they would split the season in half and it'd be you know like two or three months before you get a new episode i can deal with that with the new stuff like strange new worlds where there's only like 10 episodes this 22 episode shit i wait for it like i wait for my comics wait for it to come out and trade like a, a collected trade same thing makes sense yeah yeah, yeah. <clears throat> collect the trade of your shows folks <laughs> Mine's out. It's the way yeah. to do it. Yeah, really. Someday I do want to crack the supernatural nut, but I, boy, I, I that's need, a, that's I a, need that's a fully big, retired before. That's a big nut to crack. Yeah. Yikes. 15 I'm, seasons. Deb will help you because in a few more years, I think it'll be time for a rewatch of that. So. Oh, mm. boy. Wow. Yeah. Really? She's a big supernatural wow. nut. Wow. I like it too. But there are many Monster of the Week episodes. Yeah. yeah. A lot of them. That's. I don't. I. I like that. Uh, What's the matter, Todd? Your hand cramping with all the... Uh, Knob the, twiddling. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it is. <laughs> um, that's it. I actually, I didn't have much else to do. And yeah, you know, Steve's working on getting me caught up on shit. So, which is something I wanted to do. And the con, every year, every year, it's like, eh, one night. We'll go one night and then blah, and then no. Well, there's no responsible adults in this house. <laughs> yeah. Much less at the con. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my God. We did dodge a bullet last night, but I don't want to get into that. <laughs> <laughs> Save it for after. Save shock. it for after. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm very curious now as to what that is, but to save it. Save it for after. Shock. Yeah. I I don't know. It. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah. But yeah. Great, thanks. Well, it's time for another Clockwork Torgo. But before I get into that, I want to point out, I played the demo of Everspace 2 on the PC. Everspace being a an expansive uh, space flight sim, but more of a space combat sim, arcade style. Uh, if you remember the old Wing Commander series, oh yeah, kind of like that. <laughs> so if you uh, ever, ever was a Wing Commander fan in the past, or, or one of the youngins who never played it, if you've been looking for some good ship-to-ship combat, uh, Everspace 2 is pretty darn good. Uh, I've only played the demo, but the demo is free on Steam, <laughs> and uh, it's maybe want to buy the game. I'm going to wait till it's on sale, of course, because Steam. Uh, but uh, I really, really enjoyed it. It has kind of a compelling story where uh, you are a battle clone that has kind of been severed from the rest of the group and you are being hunted. You're not sure why you're being hunted yet, but that story is kind of getting into that. But Mission to Mission has been just wonderful, and if you have a souped-up enough uh, rig, uh, the play is super smooth. It just feels right. Is it one of those things you need a joystick no, I played it on keyboard. Was very happy. Okay. I I was it all the way. Steve, you should really figure that thing out. What? How do you move? Exactly. <laughs> so, any space <laughs> combat sim folks out there, arcade style? Yeah, check out Everspace too. The demo's free, so that's what I did. You should do it too. I'm surprised at you because you normally surprised? you like games with economy and building up like. 
buying stuff to there is economy and scrounging for herbs uh there's some of that too there's there's mining it's it's one of those games that you can kind of decide how you play it there's a lot of combat involved but there's also a lot of trading through uh you can be a trader you can go into the bad guy realm good guy realm uh the game really hasn't opened itself up completely to me because i finished the demo and i'd like oh i want to learn more but uh the demo if that's what you want at the end of the demo, that is a well-crafted demo. Hopefully the rest of the game is as good. Can you compare it to Elite Dangerous? Uh, yes, I guess I could if I played that one. Um. <laughs> Thanks, ass. <laughs> uh, but, uh, but I think it's like 50 bucks on Steam right now, so I'll Wee. wait. Yeah, it's fairly new. It came out this year. So, so it's got all the bells and whistles. And uh, I kind of want to know where the, the story goes from there. But uh, but yeah, it has an economy. Yeah, it has crafting. It's got all of it. My, my concern, with, concern with space combat sims is a lot of them, uh, space is vast yes. and big. And to Duh. actually find someone else you know, flying around in space, it's rough. Um, and if the space physics work the way they should, you're decelerating a lot as well as accelerating and it's it's hard to maneuver so actual space combat comes out like the way they did it in the expanse but fun space combat is more like X-Men vs. TIE Fighter. It's like X-Men vs. TIE Fighter. Okay, good. Because Elite Dangerous was just enough realism where it's like, okay, they're way far away, way far away. You fire a missile and you, did you hit them, did you not? And when you get close, you're just going in circles and circles trying to hit each other and overtake each other. Realism is not a thing. And yes, it good. is for X-Wing. It is not large capital ships. It is... I like large capital ships. It is. Fighting those are fun. Well, you can shoot those with little ships. Yeah. Yeah, it's fun. So you have that. Uh, so, yeah, check it out. It's free. Uh, so let's go into it. Clockwork Torgo time. It's kind of like sop with camel time for you oldies. <laughs> Jeff got it. Then <laughs> I got it. So this you made me watch a movie this month. Monkeys on the Kofi. And you chose Ed Wood. Uh, thank you. Thank you for choosing Ed Wood. Ed Wood's a great movie. A lot of fun. A little slow in places, but to be expected in a biopic. Uh, and not like a dry biopic. Film made by Tim Burton, what, 94, I believe, was released. And if you don't know the story of Ed Wood, uh, just a overview. Voted uh, one of the worst directors ever, and that's really where he came into prominence and fame. Uh, he His biggest opus is Plan 9 from Outer Space. His second biggest opus is Glen or Glenda. <laughs> and... Uh, Tim Burton lovingly portrays his film career. And really, it just focuses on his film career. Uh, there's little side stuff. And, and frankly, it's about his film career and his love for Bela Lugosi. Really, that's what it's about. And Martin Landau, no wonder he won the award. Because, man, that is a performance as Bela Lugosi. Mm -hmm. Nails it. The film is done in a very 1950s film style. The music, the shots, very low-angled shots, hard-angled shots. And this is for the biopic stuff, because when he's filming and showing you scenes from the movies that they re-filmed for this, uh, they're recreating those shots. But everything having to do in the real world, quote-unquote, is in those really stylized 50s monster picture shots. It's one of the things I love about that movie because, you know, you have, you know, Burton, right? So you've got, you've got Edward Scissorhands, you've got uh, uh, Batman, you've got 
um, all that stylized stuff that is, you know, a period or secondary world, if you will. But but Ed Wood is it, it's Burton looking at reality. You know, it's kind of reality through that Burton lens, which is is one of the things about that movie that is so wonderful. Yeah, and the uh, the film score by Howard Shore is genius. Yes, it's wonderful. <clears throat> and Landau, my yeah. God, yeah, ah, ah. So my wife and I watched it last night. Both loved the film, and because you get to see the process of him making these films. You then want to watch those films. <laughs> yep. Uh, so the first thing we watched was Glenn or Glenda. Oh, yay. Uh, Glenn or Glenda, if you're not familiar, maybe you should be, maybe not. Um, <laughs> the movie is 60 minutes long, and it's basically a video essay of why Ed Wood, who did wear female clothing, has felt more comfortable in female clothing, uh, about transvestitism, Written, directed, and starring Ed Wood. And so we wanted to see the man himself. And the, the play, it's, it's like those, the films they made in the 50s for kids at school on traffic safety. Yeah. All right, where it has that narrator and then it has the doctor talking about the issue and then cutting to footage and a lot of stock footage, but that's yeah. part of the movie. Is everyone smoking as well? Oh, yes. Oh, lots, yeah. Lots of smoking. Doctor um, smoking in the picture. It's great. But yeah. he made this movie uh, for a company that was doing 50s exploitation films. Yeah. And so... It's already wild to watch this thing unfold. One, it's very boring. I'm just, just going to throw it right out there. It is boring. <laughs> Fascinating, but boring. Uh, but Glenn or Glenda has this moment three quarters of the way through where the film wasn't long enough. So the producer of this exploitation uh, company put in a whole bunch of footage that he'd felt that were filmed for other exploitation films and just shoved it in there in this weird dream sequence that comes out of nowhere <laughs> and makes no sense. There's a there's like a 50 style rape, there is a bondage, there is a self-pleasure scene, a 50 style. It's as much as they could get away with at the time. Nice. It makes no sense at all. Uh, the devil pops up. Uh, it's maddening. It's, it's, it's madness on the screen. And, of course, we watched a little bit of Plan 9 from Outer Space. Uh, oh, my God. And that is rough. That's hard It is a hard watch. one to watch. But I love uh, the wooden furniture and the spaceship. Yes. That's great. Yeah. But when you see it right after Ed Wood, it, it takes on a certain beauty. Yeah. Yes. Oh, okay. Yes. Yeah. That's one of the things about the movie that is so wonderful is it captures his heart. Yes. He has so, he's so, God bless the poor bastard. He's, he's so bad at it. But he had so much heart, so much unbelievable heart. And, and Plan 9, almost after Ed Wood, almost becomes like you're watching your fifth grader's school play. <laughs> you know? Yeah. You know? Um, so the Maverick Theater in Fullerton... Uh, has done a because Plan Nine is one of those movies that fell into public domain because Ed Wood's estate forgot to renew the copyright or whatever. Um, the Maverick Theater in Fullerton has done their stage adaptation of it. I wanted to see that. Oh my God! It's opening again in September. Ooh. And on their poster, 
that says, warning, this show is terrible. Watch at your own risk. No refunds. <laughs> hey, a patented Barry fun not guaranteed. <laughs> yeah. Love it. I, I've seen it a couple of times. A friend of mine, her sister, kept saying, you have to watch Ed Wood. So she found we were walking around, and she found it at a used bookstore. And she goes, oh, my sister keeps telling me i got to watch this. I go, oh, you've never seen Ed Wood? Okay, we got to watch it. So she did, and she was like, "So are all these movies really as bad as as they kind of make them out to be?" And I was like, "Oh yeah." As a matter of fact, the Maverick Theater does a stage adaptation of Plan Nine from Outer Space almost every year. The next time we do it, here's our plan: we're going to watch Plan Nine from Outer Space because it's available everywhere. Because again, it's in public domain. Then we're going to go have dinner, and then we're going to go watch the stage show. And she was like okay, but it's a really bad movie, right? I said, oh, it's god-awful. And she was like, okay, does this mean we have to follow your rule? And I was like, well, what rule are you talking about? She goes, no talking during the movie? I was like, no. No, 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 no Plan no, 9 no. is the only way to survive it. We, we got a Mystery <laughs> Science Theater the crap out of that movie. Does the Maverick a, Theater do like a, the musical version of it? No, no, no. It's a, it, And it's oh. short. It's like an hour. Okay. And there's no intermission. Oh. Yeah. And uh, an hour with no intermission. Sounds right. like an Ed Wood movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it's just goofy, dumb fun. They, uh, yeah. Uh, you would have to see it to believe it. They use rear projections. They use really terrible sets, and and the characterizations. Oh my god, they've lost their their actor that used to play. I mean, he's still around, but he just has decided he's bored with the show at this point. Um, the guy that used to play both the Criswell character and then he also played the the leader of the of the um, aliens. Okay. And he played it like he was a bad actor. So anytime he'd cross the stage, he would do that thing where the same arm and leg are moving as opposed <laughs> as opposed to in opposition the way normal people walk. <laughs> So just stupid stuff like that, and just again, real subtle. And he was he was hilarious. But uh, yeah, I if you're in Fullerton in September and you see that they're doing Plan Nine, I heartily, heartily, heartily recommend it. I saw it on the playbill uh, when I went to see you in Reefer Madness when you did that one, which yeah. was a musical. Yeah, uh, and that's why I thought maybe it was a musical. What other weird things did they do? I saw they did King Kong at yeah. one point. They just finished. They just wrapped King Kong. Uh, also. Uh, also a really awesome stage thing. And again, using rear projection, they actually, wow, it, it is almost as if you were watching um, a live TV presentation because they composite, They not only do they have their main stage, which has a huge rear screen projection, projection screen on it, um, the, it, the the theater itself has two theater spaces. One of them is the stage you're watching the show on. The other one is where they have all their miniatures and the guy in the King Kong suit, and they have camera on him that they then project live. Amazing onto the screen there, and then backstage of the main stage, they have a green screen uh, thing, so they're able to composite, for instance, um, you know, Jack into the scene like when they knocks him off the log and he's across the ravine and denims and you know that they're sweet jesus yeah that they're talking to each other across the ravine well he's composited into the 
you know, to the to the backstage scene. And, yeah. and th- there's Jeff sitting there like, eh, I could do that. <laughs> <laughs> but and they and they had to they had to build a reusable journey. They had to build a reusable subway train, right? Because Kong smashes it every night, and so they had to figure out how they're going to do that without having to build a new subway train every night. God so, damn. yeah. So yeah. I love how much thought went into that. Yeah, it's it, and it won it won major awards. It won OCTG award for best special effects. So if you have not seen Ed Wood, I highly recommend it. It's great. It's so awesome. in fact, one of the best movies you've had me watch in this whole experiment. Uh-huh. So so thank you, thank you, thank you. Really, really loved it. These All aren't right. meant to make you suffer. That's just a pleasant side effect. Overall, <laughs> overall, you haven't. Overall, the movies have been. Okay, there's been a few that have been great. There's like the, when, Meet the when Feebles, I, for example. I think you sh- you needed to see that just it's, because it's just part of the cult and geek culture that you needed to see. It's about filling the gaps. Yeah, yeah. So, mm. so yes. So I leave it once again in your hands, Kofi members. Uh, Help the, fill Todd's gaps. The nominations are up. <laughs> Place your nominations, and uh, we'll put the poll together before long. Uh, so that's what I Help did. Help fill Todd's gaps with a poll. Standing behind it, I, I almost want to put that on a T-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> I filled Todd's gaps with a pole. I'm sure it'll sell well. No, it won't. <laughs> I'll make one. Oh, this can only bring us to news you don't give a shit about. Ah! Oh yeah! Oh. Wow, really, <laughs> really hurt me. Hurt me harder. <laughs> this next one I I do care about. I care about it a lot. Oh. Uh, but I know some of you are going to absolutely hate it. Musical theater. Lynn Manuel Miranda is set Here to develop go. a stage musical adaptation of the film The Warriors. Boy, did I call that. <laughs> based on Saul Urich's 1965 novel, in the film The Warriors are mistakenly fingered for the killing of a gang leader. I know both. Of you. I, saw your, I saw your eyes on it. You cursed and I just looked wide eyed. You're like, who's taking it? Who's taking it? Is it you? Is it you? Is it me? Is it you? Todd's taking it. Ah, Low hanging fruit, guys. <laughs> Low hanging fruit. Soon they have every gang in the city out for revenge and must make their way across the city to their own turf. While the original movie is great, the mov- novel's much darker and offered an even grittier portrayal of street life in New York City. Uh, Miranda most recently worked on helping polish lyrics for the upcoming musical New York, New York, which is inspired by the 1977 Martin Scorsese-directed film. And he's also been working for Disney over the past several years. So, Warriors, the musical, oh, oh, I can bet there's going to be some hits in that. I'm going to hate it. But I can see how it needed to be made. Oh, I, I like the word need in that sentence. It, yep. it, if you're going to make a musical of some shit, Warriors, yeah, I can see it. it be, except, how are they going to do the Baseball Furies? They don't talk. That's, dance number. That's yeah. one of my first questions. But you're right, a dance number. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah that's, that's right there. I'm wondering if they'll get the rights to any of the pop music from the movie. Because there, mm. there's tons of uh, tons of songs in there. Not just closing with uh, uh, "In the City," but "Nowhere to Run," shit like that. There's a lot that's that's actually really germane to the narrative. So, I bet they will. 
and and using doing the uh doing the uh dj the late night dj who keeps sending out the messages for the riffs uh, which was uh by the way a uh, um, tony award-winning uh, musical theater performer i don't know her name but she was uh there's your musical theater connection again. It'll all depend on how much they balance between the movie version and the book. But it sounded right. more like they're going for the the book. Well, it de- it depends there too because there are some major departures. One of them right. is the multiracial makeup of the gang. Right. Because in the book, it's a Hispanic, it's a Latino gang, isn't it? I, uh, I, I think so, and not uh, sure. And so it, there's there's elements like that, but it'll be interesting. I mean, you've already got your your you know one of your ending numbers. Chink chink chink. Oh yeah, come out, and, come out and play. Yeah. It's gonna be a song. Oh, that's one gonna of the be first the, ones. Is can you dig it? Definitely yeah. gonna be a song. Yeah, that's gonna oh. be. Uh, oh my God, Cyrus's speech is a fucking. <laughs> <laughs> you know it. It's gotta happen. <laughs> of course, it's gonna happen. It's going to be a full-on musical number. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh. So, yeah, stay tuned. <laughs> stay tuned, New York. Nope. It's coming. Lynn Thickpin? Huh? Uh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> Lynn Thickpin. Yeah. Yep. It's the DJ. Yep. Yeah. I just like bears, huh? Huh? <laughs> <laughs> you just said some words. <laughs> Strung some syllables together. He, okay. called, he called you a Lynn Thickpin. How dare you, sir? <laughs> How dare you, sir? I just don't give a shit about... Uh, Lionsgate has acquired Hasbro's Entertainment One or E1 Film and Television Production Company for $500 million. The transaction is said to close by the end of the year. The sale would include the parts of the indie studio's TV and film operations, quote, not directly supporting the company's branded entertainment strategy, unquote. D&D. And Hasbro will maintain the capability and to develop and produce animation, digital shorts, and scripted TV and theatrical films for audiences related to core Hasbro IP. Then what the fuck did they buy? <laughs> right? They just bought a name. That's... Hasbro shared in a press release, the sale will include a talented team of employees, a content library of nearly 6,500 titles, active productions for non-Hasbro-owned IP like The Rookie, Yellow Jackets and Naked uh, and Afraid okay. franchises. All right, okay. And the E1 unscripted business, which will include rights to certain Hasbro-based shows like Play-Doh Squished. Unquote. <laughs> the sale also includes Hasbro's interest. <laughs> All right. Well, that's not for us. We don't know. Includes Hasbro's interest <laughs> in. <laughs> Sounds like an ASMR thing. Play-Doh Squished. Yeah. It's like that's, those that's, fucking. That sounds sexy. Those, yeah. Yeah. those fucking twisted East European things where they like step on puppies and shit. What? <laughs> but it's Play Doh instead, so it's much better. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Squeeze stuff. Sounds like Steve farting in my bathroom. <laughs> there's oh. a YouTube series in there. Yeah, I know. Yeah, there's your, there's your series, Steve. Yeah. <laughs> Professor Poot. <laughs> oh, dude. It, it was so funny. I swear to God. It sounded like a wet rag. No one the wants wall. to hear that. No, nope, 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 like, nope, nope. What the? What? <laughs> the sale also includes Hasbro's interest in the Canadian and, fi- and TV operations of E1 Canada Limited. Uh, the sale comes almost four years after Hasbro announced their plan to acquire E1 in a $3.8 billion deal in August of 2019. 
Uh, properties that are not included in the deal include Transformers, Dungeons and Dragons, Magic the Gathering, Peppa Pig, My Little Pony, Power Rangers, uh, and uh, Clue. <laughs> Interesting Clue is in there. Mm. Mm. Oops. So, well. so Mousetrap is available? There you go. Shoots <laughs> and ladders? Candylands? <laughs> News you don't give a shit about? Mm. In conjunction. Oh, boy. Uh, with the Barbie movie continuing to break records at the box office, toy companies are trying to figure out which of their properties can break in the cash. <laughs> One such project has been announced. As Lionsgate has sealed the deal, acquiring the E1 TV operations from Hasbro, uh, when talking about the acquisition, Hasbro CEO Chris Cox said in a statement, quote, this sale fully aligns with our strategy, and we are pleased to bring the process to a successful close. Lionsgate management team is experienced in entertainment and adept in driving value, and we're glad to have found such a good home for our E1 film and TV business. We look forward to partnering with them, especially on a movie adaptation of Monopoly, unquote. <laughs> so, yeah, we'll be seeing a Monopoly movie. Heading to our screens. What is that going to look like? That's a good question. Wouldn't what that will be? It look like? Wouldn't that be funny if they did like movie adaptation of Monopoly Star Wars? <laughs> <laughs> what would that look like? I know exactly. It'd just be like you know. Okay, at 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 what point or okay have we given up caring? It's, it's an X-wing that goes around if, the various planets, flying up <laughs> neighborhoods. Do you have a treatment of uh, the Monopoly mo- movie? Is, is that they what I'm hearing? Any balls at all? Okay, all right. They would. They would basically use the movie to uh, audiovisually show the what the impetus was behind the invention of the game in the first place. Oh, the original version. Yeah, which was to show that the way people win in Monopoly is Cheat. one person has all the money and everyone else is too broke to spend money on anything, and they yes. go to jail. so therefore everyone loses. Yeah, that that's that's never going to happen. <laughs> no, as I said, if they had the balls to do it, that would be the way to do it. They'd now, are they Mr. going Money to, Banks or whatever his name is? Are they going to have a thing where someone parks in a parking lot, finds a free space, and then people shower them with money? <laughs> no, no, because it's not a real rule. That's right. right. Thank you. I hate playing with people that do that. Although, on the <laughs> other hand, Steve. Maybe the studio execs aren't smart enough to get something that high concept. Wow. Well, no, of course they're not. That's the reason we're going to get some horrible piece of shit. Yeah. Or no. maybe we're going to get it like a a real a real life version, but with with an animated Mister Moneybags, loose <laughs> in 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 New Jersey, yeah, buying up properties in Atlantic City, like not wanting to movie. pay fifty dollars for Baltic Avenue. Or it's whatever. gonna be Trump. Oh, if it's Atlantic City, that would make sense, actually. Well, that's yeah. where the street names come from. Yeah. <clears throat> or if they'd place it in Hollywood, what, David Zaslav's the, yeah. the highest-paid no, no, no. Hollywood it would exec have, now? It would have to be Atlantic City. It would have yeah. to be Atlantic City. So basically, somebody's trying to buy Atlantic City. Steve, have you ever been to Atlantic City? No. Nobody wants I to buy that. I would not pay $50 for Baltic <laughs> Avenue. That could be, well, there's your lead-in for the movie. But somebody would. And that's how their empire starts. Somebody's going to have to land on Baltic Avenue and pay 10 bucks in rent. This sounds riveting. Yeah. No, it doesn't. Yes. And then onto St. James Place. And then finally, the dream comes true. Jail. When they, well, they're, 
That's jail. Is the that's, jail? That's when the main character hits rock bottom. But then when he gets yes. out of jail, yeah. <laughs> he lands on a free parking space, and somehow the parking meter just <laughs> all this money out on on him, and then he goes and buys um, Atlantic Avenue. You're the reason why the game lasts so long. <laughs> okay, here's what I want you to do. I want you to take your phone and go to Google Maps and Google Baltic Avenue, Atlantic City, New Jersey. And no. just spin around and look at this shithole. No. Or or maybe not because this is an audio show. Yeah. I mean, in oh, your own, an, an audio recording. Oh, now who's been time. contaminated See, by I, Steve. I'm learning my lesson. You know, uh, or they go to the garbage. They go to the blue neighborhood once they got a wad of cash in their pocket, but they find Piccadilly Circus and they're like, "Fuck!" What is Piccadilly Circus? That's on the British version of Monopoly. We're not talking about the British version of Monopoly. I'm talking about the British way to not get it, you dipshit. (laughs) Go back to looking at your phone. <laughs> Look at this! Yeah, for those oh, playing the home mouse. game, I'm holding up a now, middle finger. That's great. When you turn it to the side, that's how you'll be able to pick up your ride home tonight. How are you? Wicked geek! Hooray! Woohoo! Oh man! Don't you boo it! <laughs> Don't you spread that negative energy? DC Studios has announced. Go ahead Talk and about spread re- that negative energy. <laughs> Go ahead and spread it. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> Why, you? <laughs> that they will be developing an animated film adaptation of Alan Moore and Dave Gibbons' classic graphic novel, Watchmen. Uh, no information was given on what the plan is for the film, uh, so we don't really know if it'll be a direct adaptation of the comic or if it'll be a sequel or something else. Wait, what? Could you start that over again? I was too busy laughing. It, yeah. This has already <laughs> happened. Are you reading an old uh, fucking... No, this is freaking do what yeah okay animated animated well it i mean okay i mean Zack snyder that's pretty much as close to animated as you're okay <laughs> uh watchman follows the alternative history in the u.s in which superheroes emerge in the 1940s the u.s won vietnam war and watergate scandal was never revealed in the story the u.s and ussr are closing in on world war three while most superheroes are either working for the government or in retirement Story follows the moral struggle of superheroes Rorschach, Dr. Manhattan, and Night Owl, and others as they come out of retirement to deal with the murder of Edward Blake, known as the Comedian, a state-sponsored superhero. It was also announced that DC's Crisis on Infinite Earths will be getting an animated adaptation as well. So, yes, a new animated adaptation of Watchmen. I wonder if they're going to lead into Doomsday Clock. If it's successful... Uh, uh, that's the sequel, okay. right? Well, that that's yeah, and it it's like Doctor Manhattan. It it's also one of their ways of saying, okay, this is why there have been so many different universe releases in the past few years. <laughs> yeah, because uh, fifty-two, this, that, and the other. It's all Doctor Manhattan fucking around. Yeah, <clears throat> and then Superman kicks his ass or something. I, I, yeah, it was pretty good, but I can't remember how it ended. But yeah, yeah, it, he and Superman basically got into it at one point. I. Okay, I don't know. I guess I'll so, watch. Frankly, I'd watch so it. This, we don't know what this is. It could be just the sequel to it. It's or I. But we had a sequel. Everything I've everything I've read it seems like it's going to be a direct <clears throat> adaptation. Um, it's separate from the James Gunn Peter. This is this is more like what DC's been doing uh, with their animated 
movies. In fact, lately. I wouldn't be surprised if it goes direct to Max. Yeah, yeah. It's it's like Justice League War World. It's like it's like it's like the Timverse stuff. It's everything that they've been doing in animation okay. All right. so far. Right, Red Sun. Yeah. what have you? Yeah, whatever. Yeah. All right. So it it it's its own thing, and it's in it's its own thing. Elseworlds. Mm-hmm. <laughs> is the authority that is that coming? Yeah. Okay. Good. Yeah. Just making sure. Live action. Good. Oh. oh boy, that's an easy one to make porn. Although there's a uh, you know, <laughs> this is the where you, where you go first, doesn't it? Just really? Well, yeah. Doesn't everybody? Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. I. I. Yeah. Oh. Gather your thoughts. <laughs> Use your words. Well, I don't want this to come out weird. And there's oh, no, there's no boy. way to talk about that it without ship has oh. sailed, sir. Yeah, <laughs> we'll see. If I don't say anything, then no one will know just how weird it was going to be. Uh, maybe. So the authority, for those of you who don't know, it's 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 great. It it I mean, there's just no getting around it. But it it basically image. No, a, no, uh, Wildstorm. 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 Um, has their Superman, Batman analog characters <laughs> Apollo and the Midnighter. Midnight. Analog, maybe. Ah, how are you? And they're gay characters, and they're and yeah. So Superman and Batman are gay for each other. Just say it, Steve. Yes, and um, since they're going to be part of the new DCU. It will be it will be fun to see actual Superman and Batman meeting Apollo and Midnighter. That'll be fun. And like is all I'm saying. Wonder Woman, Lois Lane, and Catwoman looking at him like. Hmm. Well, who are the other analogs? There's the Shaman. Well, who who is he an analog of? I, I don't know. Jenny Sparks, uh, the one that the metal lady that turns all. Yeah, the- and that's the thing. Now that it's the 23rd century, I don't think Jenny Sparks will be in it because she was a 20th century. Jenny Quantum, then. Yeah, Jenny Quantum. Yeah. There's some deep cuts out of this. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're yeah. asking but the I really important love questions, I, Yeah, but you know what? James Gunn's the guy for it. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so what part is Sean Gunn going to play in it? <laughs> <laughs> oh. He could be what's his name with the metal thing on his. He's head. like the Ted Raimi. The, what's his name? Benson. <laughs> ben, Benson. Benson. Really? No. Like the, the guy. The guy. The guy with, with the with the thing. Yeah. 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 I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> you know, Benson, the the sitcom from the 80s. No, yeah. It's not the character. Robert actual name. Hang on. What? Talk amongst no? yourselves. I think he'd be an awesome midnighter. <sighs> Quick, let's go two stories past this and watch Steve <laughs> call this shit back. <laughs> yeah. Steve, let it go. No, no, you don't have to know everything. Indiana, I have to know everything. Indiana, yes. Baldur's Gate Three has continued setting new records on Steam in the wake of its massively successful launch, uh, with its latest peak concurrent count beating that of every other CRPG and turn-based game by a large margin. The game launched out of early access last week and immediately shot up the Steam charts, becoming the platform's second biggest launch of 2023 behind Hogwarts Legacy. It then surpassed both Skyrim and Fallout 4 on Steam's list of the biggest RPG launches ever. And its highest recorded concurrent player count has now reached 814,666, nearly twice its launch day peak. 
in the CRPG category, uh, Larian's Divinity Original Sin 2 has the next highest peak count at 93,000. A respectable figure that's still hundreds of thousands lower than Baldur's Gate 3. Uh, Baldur's Gate 3 launches on PS5 on September 6th. You're not going to talk about the options for characters? They Baldur's Gate 3 is very, very open to showing you genitals. And you get to choose everything about them. You didn't, you didn't see this? You can uh, choose. You know what? I'll, I'll let you show this. <laughs> okay. Uh, they revealed uh, that players will get to pick their characters, genitals, and pubic hair from a range of different styles. <laughs> you won't be allowed to choose the size. Sorry. Oh. But you do get to choose the shape. You can choose between a penis or a vagina, as well as pubic hair options. According to someone I don't know, the decision to add this option didn't stem from the inclusion of sex scenes and romance subplots, but rather because the team decided to make underwear a piece of equipment that you would obtain through the game. Customize underwear? And wear, probably. Are, are they Mormon? I don't know. Uh, she explained that the underwear is an extension of the character customization as a form of in-universe expression. And the question arose, well, what happens when you take it off? At first, we were like, you know, maybe nothing's going to happen. Maybe we we're going to have another underwear mesh under it. Who cares? But then I started thinking about it, talking about it, and we realized that for some players, it's just another way to represent their identity. So you get to choose your junk. You, you're, <laughs> you're so proud of it. I think it's funny. I think we have another T-shirt too. <laughs> you get to choose, choose your, your junk. junk. <laughs> yeah, but it's not something that Todd's gonna spend hours fucking up. That, so that that's it's what you like think. A horrible, <laughs> dude. Are you kidding? Because well, it seems like it limits the amount of customization you can do. With you, that, so. sir, have obviously been away from Todd too long. <laughs> when I play this game, I'm gonna see if I can get two dicks, and I'm gonna carve Torgo sucks and like shave like, it like in. one word each. Yeah. <laughs> oh, really? I now now with Barry, I thought that his two dicks would have the tattoo of hate on one and more hate on the other. <laughs> also a good idea. Mm -hmm. Got to have a secondary character. Get a party. <laughs> <laughs> and he's called the Rabbit. The Wabbit. Boy, that did not. <laughs> <laughs> Can't all be winners, folks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Some yeah. people don't know. Can't wait for the mods for this game. Yeah, that's coming in. <laughs> hey, yo. Uh, right. I'm excited to I'm try this game. It's not, not just for its amazing character creation. Uh, my understanding is that your average character creation of just exploring all the things will take you at least an hour to just make your character. Oh, so, so it'll take you four hours then, right? Yes, at least. That is the game. And you'll make the ugliest, weirdest thing ever. But Baldur's Gate and Baldur's Gate 2 loved those games. Those are fantastic games. And I'd like to see this new brought into the modern era of turn-based RPG. I've heard it's got a couple camera issues. Uh, yes, uh, quite a few people in the Kofi that have played it are saying they fight with the camera. Uh, not surprised, but... I'm curious to learn more of that because on a turn-based game, where's the issue? Hmm. So, because it's not an action RPG, it's it's not you know, press A to attack, B to defend. It no, is... D and D's never been like that, right. except for Shadows Over Mistara and, and the other video game. But that that was early '90s, right? Whatever. But it looks like it could be an action RPG if you just watch the like graphic pl play, just like people playing and so on. It does a really good job of making it cinematic. Uh, but, yeah, man, I, I miss a good, a good turn-based RPG. Oh, they had me at the Nautiloid. Dude, that's a Spelljammer thing. I'm like, all right, I'm down. But I saw that I knew that you were in. Yeah, I'm down. 
Can I use a controller to play it? Uh, you will if you play the PS5. Oh. Because that, well. that's, the, that's the thing. Is like when I they first was announced, I was like, well, I'll just wait for it to play on consoles. But much like uh, any art, real-time strategy game or a turn-based RPG in general, this kind of game seems better on computers anyway. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I'll probably end up just playing this on PC. Hmm. But... Are there options for joystick? Probably. Most games have that now. Mm. Uh, whether it's optimal to play it that way, I doubt it. <sighs> what? Because it's not an action RPG. Oh, yeah. Sorry, Kirsten. Yeah. It's oh. just easier pressing all those buttons. And i got to remember which ones and how to use them. And Jesus. Oh, no. i got to teach you something. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and uh, on a side note, uh, Henry Bendix. Shut up. <laughs> I don't even know what you're talking about anymore. Yeah. It's, oh, it was a callback to that thing you were looking up that <laughs> I no longer care about. Yeah. Thanks, Steve. He was leader Thank of Stormwatch you. before the Authority. Yeah. Because he yeah, kind of yeah. became yeah. an yeah. evil villain. Yeah. Yeah. Bendix. Good, we yeah. knew you were waiting with bated breath, listener. <laughs> mm, no. <laughs> but I, I, you know what? Certain games, yes, joystick-based games on consoles all the way. Uh, however, when you play any kind of sim on a console, it becomes a nightmare. Yes. Uh, Jurassic Park Evolution, Cities, Tropico, Ugh. any of these kind of games are horrible with a console. Even uh, the only one that's kind of been able to pull it off is when they made that really dumbed-down version of Civ Six. Oh, God. <laughs> then that was okay on the console, because, but it made it less good on the PC. So, yeah, gross. Yeah. Kevin Smith is preparing to shoot his next film project titled 430 Movie, and he got permission to shoot the film during the actor's strike. Smith applied for a waiver, and he was approved due to the fact the film is an independent project and the script was already completed. Uh, Austin Zazure, who was in Clerks 3 and Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark, takes on the lead role, and the story centers on a group of teens in the 1980s who pay to get into one movie and spend the day theater hopping. <laughs> Quote, since the movie was never going to be an AMPTP movie, that's who the strike is against, uh, that gave us the chance to apply to SAG and get a waiver. We're already low-budget movie. It's only $3 million, so our movie is not a threat to SAG or WGA. It doesn't set back the cause. So SAG gave, us, gave out 39 waivers already to productions that were three days away from wrapping, one week away from wrapping or something like that, low-budget productions that were not AMPTP-related pro- products. And we got our waiver. So that means by the end of August, we're going to start shooting a movie right here, unquote. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of A24 movies got got the waiver, too. Same reasons. It's not a AMPT. Yeah. AMPTP movie. Yeah. No beef with them people. Yep. And the, the other part of the waiver is that they promise to uphold whatever deal does get made when it eventually does get made. So how, how yeah. people are going to get paid and everything is uh, subject to whatever the new contract is. Yeah. Yeah. And I like that this is the direction he's going in. Kevin Smith has made a lot of interesting experiments over the last 10, 15 years. Some of them have worked. Some of them haven't. <laughs> uh 4.30 movie sounds like something right in his wheelhouse. Mm. Very Clerks, very Mallrats, very Chase of Gamey, very 
just a, a nostalgic romp with characters being clever and goofy. Yeah. So I'm I'm all for this particular pitch. Yeah, I was gonna say, I mean, some of the uh some of the I guess not askew universe type movies, I you know, they were hit or miss, but I really liked Jay and Silent Bob reboot and Clerks oh, yeah. Three. Man, Clerks Three hit hard. I mean, there's, you know, if you haven't seen it yet, there's there's a couple of things that happen in that movie that just are going to get you if you're any kind of human being. Because, yeah. oh, wow. So that's I mean, why Barry doesn't you, like it. Well, catch, yeah. well, yeah, we know Barry's, you know, Barry. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, um, I, I liked where he was going as far as, like, this, uh, kind of, like, sort of wrapping up those characters or setting them down a new path. You know, growing up the characters, I guess, if you will, the turning from the the children that we see in the earlier versions into basically grown adults. So, I don't know. Yep, I liked it. Universal Pictures is moving forward with a remake of the classic 1956 horror movie, The Mole People. <laughs> the project was pitched to the studio by Chris Winterbauer. Uh, Winterbauer will write the script for the movie, and The Walking Dead creator Robert Kirkman is set to produce. The original film tells the story of archaeologists who find a lost underground city of pale people and mutant slaves. The darkness dwellers are led by a high priest who rules over the mole people and is threatened by newcomers and wants to kill them. Uh, the new movie will follow a woman who travels to, quote, a town veiled in a conspiracy to rescue her grandchildren from their father. To do this, she must fight through the hell in the underground tunnels where the mole peoples reside. That's completely different. Yeah. <laughs> like, all different yeah. except by name. Yeah. No, no, no. Yeah. Get the high priest and the weird mutant people back in. I, I, I almost feel like this should be in news you don't give a shit about. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> very close. I mean, unless it's just not one of those films that takes itself serious at all. Like, it just goes completely off the fucking rails. Maybe it turns into that. They're just not uh, saying it. Maybe. I, I don't know. It just, yeah. Feels like it should be a news you don't give a shit about article. Why, why does every... Every pitch have to have the word secret or conspiracy in it. it because like those everyone. are the, the selling buzzwords these days. We'd tell you, Todd, but then we'd have to kill you. God damn it. Again. <laughs> they won't let us tell you, Todd. All them they's. Yeah. At least it's they not don't want you to know the reason why. I'd rather deal with <laughs> they than them. Yeah. Them or big ants. Yeah. You bigot. <laughs> Sam Raimi's Army of Darkness is getting a sequel comic. It's titled Army of Darkness Forever. The story will pick up with both the original ending of Army of Darkness and the series finale of Ash vs. Evil Dead. The comic was announced by AIPT Comics and being produced by Dynamite Entertainment. The story picks up, quote, immediately after the events of the beloved film jumping between three fun timelines, the Techno Army of Darkness of 2093, the Smart Isles of 1993, and the Middle Ages chaos of Castle Kandar. All three get the spotlight in this series. Uh, superstar creator Tony Fleece from the best-selling series Stray Dogs and contributions to other franchises like My Little Pony and Gargoyles is setting out to give fans Ash Williams the ultimate story they've always wanted, unquote. Uh, to go with the new series, they're releasing an Army of Darkness movie adaptation 30th anniversary edition 
and Army of Darkness 30th Anniversary trading cards. God, is that 30 years ago? <laughs> yep. The movie adaptation was originally released in 1992, written by Sam and Ivan Ramey, with uh, painted interiors from John Bolton, Army of Darkness Forever, the hardcover film adaptation, and the trading cards are slated for release in October of 2023. Now, see, I <laughs> just recently, at your insistence, saw Evil, uh, Rise, Evil Dead Rise. Oh, yeah. And it's fucking great. And I was hoping, really hoping, that you know, given who the executive producers were, Bruce Campbell, you know, uh, that they would do a second movie and then do a redo of Army of Darkness, but, like, creepy and weird and oh. more horror-y. A little tongue-in-cheek, though. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, like, like, that series enough. develops it. And if you've ever seen the original Evil Dead 2, it's basically Evil Dead 1, but just, 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 just a touch goofier, I think. And then the Army of Darkness is off the fucking rails. Yeah. Uh, I wanted to see that. But I still remember seeing Army of Darkness in the theaters. That was so much fun. <laughs> yeah. And I hadn't seen the Evil Dead movies by then. No? So I, I'm walking into Army of Darkness going, Yeah. What what's this? Yeah, me, <laughs> well, I mean, me there's too. enough of a recap at the beginning. Yeah. I guess you could do that. Now that I think about it. Yeah. Oh yeah, because you're gonna sit there for the whole movie going, I don't understand why this is happening. You but, just sit there and you enjoy it, right? Just go with the flow. I had so many friends who were like, "Oh, you need to see this, and we need to do it." No, you don't. No, you don't. You can you can watch that movie and and it's fine. I I, I was just. I was really, really just blown away by it because at first I'm like, this is fucking stupid. And then I just started picking up on it and getting it. And yeah. then it's just fucking well, I mean, it's, hysterical. Yeah, just, it's, it's funny, like the, the portrayal, uh, I mean, the, the way Bruce Campbell chose to, to portray the character yeah. is similar but almost totally different from Evil Dead 2. Mm -hmm. I mean, like way over the top. Like That the was the thing uber, that uber arrogant. That struck out at me when I yeah. did watch Army of Darkness 2. In, in the recap at the beginning of Army of Darkness, does that have a clip of the eyeball flying out of the smooshed head into the girl's mouth? I don't remember. Okay. It's been a while since I've seen Army That does happen in Evil Dead Rise. Okay. They do that again. <laughs> oh, wow. Our, nice. uh, Evil so, Dead Rise is full of callbacks. Oh, so full. So there was a there was a bar called the Mardi Gras that when I worked at the Queen Mary, we would usually end up there for happy hour. And they had, I don't, I don't know. This story better end with an olive <laughs> and not an eyeball. No, it's got an eyeball. Oh, here we go. It, uh, it Well, and the only thing is they would have this. They would have this, all right, it's Friday night, or, you know, whatever, at the Mardi Gras, it's fun time. And they would show this bunch of, somebody edited them a bunch of movie clips together. And one of them was the head getting smushed and the eyeball flying out into the girl's mouth and her going, Pwah! And so you'd see that about every hour. And I'm like, what movie is this from? That's Evil Dead to Yeah. Too, and, so, uh, and so I think somebody said that somebody goes oh i think it's uh i don't know evil dead 2 maybe and i was like what is that <laughs> and then two years later i see army of darkness and and uh i think it was the same friend goes yeah yeah this is a sequel to evil dead 2 and another friend said oh you haven't seen evil dead 2 you gotta see that and i watched it and i was like oh there's the eyeball scene did you watch evil dead 1 i'm trying to think if i have or not 
It's kind of forgettable, to be honest. Yeah, mm. you don't have to. It's basically yeah. Evil Dead yeah. Two, but yeah. Evil Dead Two is a remake of one. Yeah, yeah. that's yeah. With so a I slight, I, with a slightly higher budget. <laughs> I love, I love it confused when, the hell out of me. I'm like, yeah. am I watching one or two? What's happening? When my <laughs> friends would try to explain it to me, I just give them that glazed look because it's like, wait a minute, what? Oh yeah, it's it it's one. Okay, then why aren't we watching one? Oh, you want to watch two? I was just, uh, yeah, Army of Darkness. As soon as, listen up, you primitive screwheads. That's when I was one. I was like, okay, I'm on this movie's side now because this is just great. And then Klaatu Barada necktie. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, Jesus Christ. The the way they played with everything was just, that was just, that was just awesome. Yeah. They really kind of let Bruce Campbell just, Mm mm-hmm. Off the, the off the leash, it, off the leash. It was yeah. Raimi making a Three Stooges movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah ex- which is exactly. what he always wanted to do. Yeah, yeah you're, you're absolutely right. I remember the there was a casting notice in in fabulous Dramalogue, which was an L.A. casting newspaper uh, around at the time, and they were casting for Bruce Campbell lookalikes. And nice. I was like, and I knew a Bruce Campbell from Cal State Fullerton. And I was like, did Bruce get a Get a major <laughs> gig because this picture doesn't look anything like him. So yeah, so I didn't even know who Bruce Bruce Campbell was at that point. So wow, yeah. Well, unless you're an Evil Dead fan, you wouldn't. Right. So it's time for red light, green light. Red light, green light, green light. Such a fun game to play. Yeah. Doesn't matter what you say. What the wow. hell? Nice. Been a minute. Yeah. yeah have... Spe- speaking of resurrecting the evil dead. <laughs> All right. I bring this dusty, old, cobweb-ridden <laughs> meeting to Dunright Productions to order. There's no need to get personal. <laughs> <laughs> you are what you eat. Oh. So, I have four more pitches here. We can only green light one of them. All right. So, each one of you gets one green. And your choices are between Ghosts of Ruin, Those About to Die, Inheritance Cycle, and The Adventurous. I'll start with Ghosts of Ruin. Rosario Dawson from Astoka and Tony Revolori from Spider-Man Homecoming are set to star in an animated sci-fi series called Ghosts of Ruin. The story is set in the near-future tech dystopia of San Francisco. Quote, (laughs) Ghosts of Ruin is a genre-bending animated series where virtual reality has evolved into neural reality, creating a world where video games have been synced directly into players' minds and are indistinguishable from red light. From red light. (laughs) (laughs) What's the show called? It's called Real Life Greenlight, right? Yeah. <laughs> Indistinguishable from real life, unquote. The show follows a group of gamers on their journey into the world's first neural reality battle royale tournament, a game called Ruin. However, a rogue program emerges to turn their paradise into a living nightmare. No streaming service companies are attached to the project yet. What do you think of Ghosts of Ruin? Yeah. I like that. Yeah. What? What's wrong with you guys? 
you're going to have the Steve character who doesn't WASD with his brain. So he'll be standing in a circle and just going around looking at the looking floor. Looking up, looking down. Yeah. Great. That'll be a three-second cameo for Steve. The rest of the movie, eh? Oh, listen to you guys. This is awesome. What are you talking about? Yeah, we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna Jeffler and uh, Vlogdorf this. And yeah. See. Okay, go. Hit it. I just did. Yeah. Wow. wow. That was their best. Oh, boy. Yeah. They really pulled out the stops. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's the... It's, it's more, the same basic, you know, the rogue, the evil program, blah, blah, blah. I don't yeah. think I've seen that before. I guess yeah. you got a little lurt and dwarf out of it, but that was about it. But what are you talking about? <laughs> this is this is going to be, this will be, wh- how many of those have been done that's going to have a budget? Come on. Tron. Okay. And? You, you want me to just... You, just... Legacy? <laughs> yeah. Tron, yeah. Same yeah. thing. Yeah. Let's see the let's thing. Gamer? Ah, oh, gamer. It's not going to be gamer. <laughs> I, I, we keep naming things that it's like. We've seen this plot before. Dude, Gamer is a We've guy being controlled by before. a kid. Steve will tell so you, this every is plot not... has ever 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 been done, but that one just, I, I, I really feel like I've seen that before. Yeah, but this one's going to be better. Terminator. What's that Terminator that... is not a virtual reality control. What the hell is the matter with no, you? No, but people? I mean, it's the, the evil program trying to take over. Oh, oh my God. God. So it's Colossus. Uh, yeah. Yes, uh, yeah. right. Terminator's a ripoff of Which so I many things. I need to things. see that. I still need to see that. Oh, I, I, Clockwork Jeff. I remember it, but <coughs> I've just never upstairs. actually watched it. Oh, you yeah. have it. Yeah. Yep. Nice. No, you know what? Because I know it was hard to find there These for a little fucking while. guys. Yeah, they're, they're naming things that are nothing like this guy. Kino Lorber, I think, has a Colossus. Hmm. Eat, pray, love. Same movie. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Yeah. Shuck a lot. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> Eat, drink, man, woman. Remains of the day. Very much this. Yes. Yeah. Cannibal yeah. Women in the Avocado Jungle of Death. Same well, movie. Yeah. I just like saying the name of that movie. Yeah. Right? <laughs> it has nothing to do with this, but it's just fun. All right, it's, uh, let's see how it goes against uh, Those About to Die. Peacock and Roland Emmerich are teaming up for Those About to Die, a new series inspired by the same book that served as the basis for Ridley Scott's Oscar-winning 2000 spectac- spectacle Gladiator. It will be, quote, a large-scale drama set in spectacular complex and corrupt world of gladiatorial sports in ancient Rome, according to Peacock. Uh, Billed as a gladiatorial epic, the series introduces an ensemble of diverse characters across many layers of Roman society where sports, politics, and business intersect and collide. It'll be written by Oscar-nominated screenwriter Robert Rodsat, did Save Private Ryan and The Patriot, and he'll also serve as executive producer. Hmm. So how do you feel about those about to die or have you seen this already? Yeah, it sounds like gladiator. something yeah, I've seen before. So, you know, Demetrius in the Gladiators. It's called uh, Spartacus, Blood yeah, and Sand. It's, it's called, it was called Rome. Yeah, it's called Peplum. Uh, you know, the Italians did like 30 of them in the 60s, okay? <laughs> My worry Blah. about a series like this is that it's on Peacock, and it's not going to be able to get as bloody as Spartacus. Spartacus. Yeah. So they'll probably have to concentrate, you know, on character. Or they can make the blood purple. Yeah. (laughs) You know what? Oh, go ahead, Todd. Or magenta. uh, To to your point. Fuck you, Steve. What about (laughs) Peacock does not allow them to show blood or violence? Well, it's weird. They'll they'll do language. Yeah. I mean, because I remember watching, uh, what's the Natasha Leone thing that was on recently? Poker Face. Yeah. uh, You know, first episode, I was surprised. I was like, oh, we're using adult language and uncensored. But that's about the extent of Peacock what they did on that. Peacock has a way to, to do more R-rated stuff. Yeah. And it's P- Peacock's 
NBC Universal, right? Right. Yeah. So what's the Universal side has no issue. I right. I don't know what the limits that they put on their original series are because language obviously we've seen, but I don't remember if there's any sexual situations or any extreme violence that has appeared in there. Now, I haven't watched the Twisted Metal one, which could be a violent series, you know, based on the source material. But I've also been told by people that have seen it that it skews far from the source material. So well, it's not like the source material is a deep well. No. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I uh, right now, as of as of this point in Red Light Green Light, I want us to do a Ghosts Who Are About to Die, which we is a, you. a futuristic Rome where the gladiators are virtual gladiator fighters. It works. And yeah. <clears throat> That's something Barry hasn't seen before. I'd watch it. Yeah, Glad- see? Gladiators in the Machine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Disney Plus. We're going to do Inheritance Cycle next. Yeah, that Inheritance Cycle is in early development on a new series based on Christopher Palinis? 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 Inheritance Cycle, an epic fantasy novel that began with Aragon in 2002. Palioni is reportedly on board as a co-writer on the project. <laughs> I still got it wrong. Though. Aragon tells the story of a t- the title character, a farm boy who befriends a newly hatched dragon named Sephira. Oh, never seen that before. As his bond with Sephira deepens, Aragon discovers that he's actually a dragon rider, part of an order of warriors previously thought to be wiped out by the evil king Galabatorix. Together with Sephira, he begins training to be a warrior himself and sets out to defeat the king and restore peace to his homeland. Uh, Paolini, whatever his name is. That was was good. Yeah, Yeah. getting better. Still a teenager (laughs) when Aragon was first published. Fifteen, Jesus Christ. Uh, Self-published the first novel initially, but the story eventually caught the eye of Alfred A. Kampf publishers, and the entire series series eventually became a mega bestseller in the post-Harry Potter boom of fantasy novels for young adults. To date, the series has sold more than 40 million books around the world. So how do you feel about Disney Plus's The Inheritance Cycle? If Deb were here, she would she would like it. Because she has I liked books. it better when it was called How to Train Your Dragon. Oh. I, you know, it's funny. I was just thinking that. Yeah. I liked it better when it was called Star Wars. Me, 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 me. Which one was first? How to Train Your Dragon or this? I think this was first, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I remember attempting to read the first book, and just it was just so damn pedestrian. I just stopped. Yeah, I, yeah. you know, hey, hey, teen kid wrote a book, got successful. Good, Good for, for him. him. Yeah. Didn't they already make a movie about they this? Did. Yes, they did. Okay, uh, I'm like, it sounded really, really familiar, <laughs> and I'm not talking from the literally literary sense, right? Yeah, yeah. So here's the thing. Um, Always our deal is, why are you trying to remake classics? Remake something that's not quite so good. Maybe you can... Well, there you go. So, this might be that. (laughs) (laughs) This this might take an idea that the, the, the germ of a good story, the germ of good characters and all that is in there, or and then you can flush it out. And these are all TV series, right? Yes. Yeah. So you can flesh it out in the TV series, whereas, you know, the actual source material may not have been that great, right? The old Hollywood dictum is good book, bad movie. 
Bad book, good movie. So maybe this is that. But what about bad book, bad movie? Oh, yeah, that happens all the time. All the time. <laughs> well, I mean, leading into TV series. <laughs> yeah, that Again, happens all the time. <laughs> I, yeah, I, yeah, okay. Nah, nah. And finally, The Adventurous is currently in production through PCMA Productions with Legendary Pictures. Uh, the series follows the events of Goodnight, Mr. Holmes, the first book of the author Carol Nelson Douglas's eight-book series of novels, focusing on an American expatriate opera singer, Irene Adler, and her friend and biographer, Neil Huxley. Uh, developed for series by uh, Harry Broadbeer and Jack Thorne, the team behind the Enola Holmes series. Uh, the series uh, story follows Irene Adler's early years in London. After saving the newly jobless Miss Huxley from the street robbery, Irene gives Neil a home, or gives Nell a home. Irene gives Nell Boy, you are selling this to me. I don't even know what the hell it's about. Gives Nell a home and enlists her aid as a sort of secretary while Irene pursues her her career as an opera singer and part-time inquiry agent. Yeah, but what about Neil? What happened to him? (laughs) He vanishes halfway through the story. I don't get it. It's all in the writing. (laughs) Among Irene's clients are James Whistler, Bram Stoker, and Oscar Wilde. Soon, however, Irene becomes the prima donna of the Warsaw Opera, where she catches the attention of the future king of Bohemia. This is, quote, a scandal in Bohemia told from Irene's point of view. Rounding out the cast are Jake Whitehall from The Jungle Cruise as Godfrey Norton, Alex Payfair from Collection as King of Bohemia, and Arthur Darville from Doctor Who as Sherlock Holmes. Could you say any names that I could recognize? (laughs) Is this going to be on PBS? It's, is this masterpiece? It's it's a TV series through Legendary Pictures through PCMA Productions. I don't think it's attached to a uh, a place yet. I got a feeling there's going to mm. be a bunch of wow. people in aristocratic uh, situations with the uh, dancing. You and... know what? I, I Deb's getting tingles yeah. right so, now, so, and she has no I feel idea. Like there's TV on well, I'll tell you, <laughs> as someone who's read these books, uh oh. I was going to say, it I, could be good. I wouldn't mind seeing Arthur Darville playing Sherlock Holmes. Oh, yeah. I think well, you've read it. the books. Are they good? Yeah. Well, I like them. I, I think Carol Nelson Douglas, he also has another series of books, uh, uh, The Cat Who. Oh, I've heard of, of those. Mystery novels. Yeah. Um, yeah, these are these are really good. She, <laughs> Ms. Douglas, does get a little bit of, uh, you know, a diarrhea of the word processor occasionally. Yeah. Uh, but the stories themselves are great. And what, what does that mean? Typey, 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 typey. You know, like Stephen King. It means your writing uh, stinks. And okay. No, it means, <laughs> it means there's just a lot of it. A lot more <laughs> words than necessary. Yes, a, a lot more words than necessary, like several of Stephen King's books and J.K. Rowling's later Harry Potter books. Um, but, I mean, if, they, if this, I guess, first series is good, then later she meets... Nellie Bly, who is the reporter that spent a lot of time in a, in a mental institution to write the undercover, you know, write her undercover articles about that. So she does encounter historical figures throughout the course of the. So it's a fictional character encountering real historical figures. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And solving mysteries along the way. Oh, that, that, I missed that part yeah, in the description. But, <laughs> yeah, there you go. There you go. But That's it's a the, procedural. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Well, dun, dun. I, yeah. I mean, think Distaff, Holmes, and Watson. 
Uh, okay. Well, well, yeah, the, the, Irene Adler playing the Holmes part. And the one thing Nell about that pitch Huxley? that caught my attention, Neil Huxley. <laughs> oh, uh, Neil but, Huxley, excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> the, the one thing that caught my attention were the historical characters. You know, meeting uh, Oscar Wilde, Bram Stoker. I was just like, that actually was kind of interesting. I kind of, I, I like those kinds of stories, you know, even though we've seen them before. <laughs> but yeah. and and tell me again the title of this one, the adventurous, the adventurous. Okay, that's not, oh that's yeah, not that's what they renamed. Well, I, yeah. yeah, I think in subsequent releases of the books they renamed one of them the adventurous, because probably Good Night, Mister Holmes uh, doesn't work for a TV series. No, probably not. <laughs> So there you have it, Ghosts of Ruin, Those About to Die, Inheritance Cycle, and The Adventurous. It's time to lay down your greens. Uh, I'll start with you, Barry. Where's your green? Uh, this is rough. I'm not over the moon about any of these. That's because you have bad taste. <laughs> I do hang around with you people. Um, I'm, I'm going to go with the Gladiator one. Those yeah. About to Die. I, wanna, I, I would give that a shot reluctantly. A reluctant shot. A reluctant shot. That's like the the type of thing I would watch when uh, all our shows are on pause right now for the <laughs> summer. There's nothing to watch. I finally finished a blacklist. It's the new term for butterface, right? Huh? Yeah, I give her a reluctant shot. Yeah. Yeah, yeah there it is. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> okay. So these types of movies are butterfaces. <laughs> this one's my butterface. Jeff, how can you elevate these butter proceedings? Script. <laughs> um, <laughs> looks like a decent movie, but a script. Oh, Ooh. Ooh. I'm gonna go uh, Greenlight Adventurous. Um, Whoa! I think that uh, has the most potential out of the the four we've talked about here. All right, Steve, where's your green? Oh, I gotta go with the Adventurous. I'm Holmesian, so. Okay. Wow. Well, I'm just gonna have to stand up. <sighs> I'm really, really intrigued by Ghosts of Ruin. I li I love cyberpunk, mm. but I'm really leaning toward those who are about to die because it's just, you know, gladiator picks. We need more of those, damn it. <laughs> yep. Sword and sandal. Peter, Peplum. Peter Graves would agree with you. You know, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you like and, movies about gladiators. Yeah. <laughs> and Blood and Sand gave us a great cocktail. Blood and sand. Go. Oh, you know, it'd be cool. I mean, I, I see your concerns there, Barry. If you're coming... I could do without the sand, though, in the cocktail. To the... Well, you Is know... blood it, and sand a gladiator pick? Yeah. Dude, yeah. Spartacus blood and sand... Yeah. yeah. Is no, from... No fucking the 1920s and then they remade Spartacus Blood and Sand oh, okay. uh, with uh, oh god the guy he, he died yeah, Non Hodgkin's lymphoma was really sad the, who the, else was in it uh, uh, Lucy Lawless was in it yeah mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. yeah they remade yeah. it and we, we from reviewed mummy. it on the Ugly Couch show I it's the, fucking awesome I thought the original Blood and Sand was a, a whole different kind of thing Spartacus dude huh. yeah yeah, and so, a great cocktail so nice. although the thing about sand is it gets everywhere yeah that's what I hear rub rub shut rub. Your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't, uh, you know, like I said, I want my idea. The, the ghosts who are about to die, that's what I want. I'll go with gladiator thing. All right, that means we have a tie. We're going to green light two pictures, uh, those about to die and the adventurous. One or more of these may be fake. Would you like to lay down your bets? Oh, I think I know. Barry. I don't think they're going to redo Aragon. I don't think they're going to do that. 
The Inhabitants. You think that was a fake? Yeah, that one. All right. Jeff? Uh, the the first one, the... Uh, the ghosts. Ghosts in the... Of ruin. Thank you. Ghosts of ruin. Uh, I keep wanting to call it Ghost in the Shell, and I'm like, that's not right. Yeah. Uh, I feel like that's the fake one. Ooh, that's almost like a, a clue, Jeff, yeah. that that's the fake one. Steve, what do you think's fake? Hmm... I'm tempted to go with Aragon because, yeah, it's like the movie didn't do that well. Is it really an audience for a TV series? Eh, I don't know. I think maybe that one. Okay. All right. And, Kay, what do you think's fake? Adventurous. This one has sop to Steve all <laughs> over it. So I'm going to say that. The fake one was sent to us this week by Steve. <laughs> <laughs> really? Really? <laughs> but how long ago did I send it? Oh, a long, long time ago. <laughs> a long time ago. And, and Pat, I still have all yours too. Don't worry. They, they'll, they'll come. It's a long time since we've done this. Uh, but So yes, the adventurous is fake, and that means inheritance cycle, uh, those about to die, and ghosts of ruin are in nice some fake form out, of Steve. I, yeah, I'll call yeah. foul on this one. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I gotta say, I'm gonna a throw the per, flag. Fine, <laughs> fine performance from Mr. Biggs. <laughs> he was acting, acting. Thank you. That is hilarious. And I would be remiss if I did not remind people that the blood and sand is an easy drink to make. What is it? Uh, unpeated scotch, sweet vermouth, cherry hearing, and orange juice. Shake and strain. Four things that sound like they'd be hor horrible together. Oh, no, dude. Combine into something joyful. Serve it up. Yes. Yeah, there's a penalty flag on this one. <laughs> <laughs> what, what, is your, what is your objection, Jeff? <laughs> Oh, where do I start? Insider trading, corporate wait, wait, wait. sabotage. Yeah, he, yeah. Hang on, hang on. It, it did Didn't feel I very have... inside baseball and sabotage. Didn't I have Irene Adler and uh, Nell Huxley cast as well? I read everything you gave me. Okay. So there's no Ra Evan Rachel Ward or... Um, Ward? Wood. Wood. Or... Evan Rachel Ward. Are you are you saying if they were there, it would have sold it better? I think so. <laughs> <laughs> I might have gone where Evan Rachel Wood movie yeah. TV show. Ward, not so much. That's like the transmogrifiers versus Evan the transmogrifiers. Evan Rachel Ward. <laughs> yeah. I thought I remembered seeing somebody asking, uh, uh, what's his name, about a Gladiator TV series. He's like, I'm not involved. Oh, what's his uh, name, huh? What's his name? Uh, what's, what, what's his name? Scott. Ridley's. No, not really, Scott. Uh, uh, Montgomery God Scott. Damn it, the actor. Joaquin uh, Phoenix. No, oh, uh, Scott Pilgrim. Uh, Soupy Sales. Uh, guys are awful. Uh, I want to see My Soupy Russell. Brain just broke. I want to see Soupy Sales' version of a Gladiator show. <laughs> Nipsey Russell. Charles Nelson yeah. Riley. Cameron Crowe. Oh, you left out the whole Russell Crowe. Bobby Jesus. Brown connection. Yeah, Russell Crowe, eh. I guess, was originally Lucy Boynton. asked about it. Millie Bobby in, Brown. Who left it out? You did, sir. That's oh, that's right. I did have to. I, I did. I did have to condense it because he wrote four paragraphs worth of stuff. I did. Write that would have given it away. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Talk about Stephen King being verbose. Oh. <laughs> oh. Indeed. And yeah. if you have a pitch that you want to be on the occasional time that we actually do this segment. <laughs> that you want to hear next year. You write to us, comments at geekshockpodcast.com. Put pitches, bitches in the subject heading. And, uh, and yeah, we'll add it uh, to a future one. 
Uh, and I want to thank our brisket taco tier three Kofi members, Dan Stexlasa, Daniel Loser, Elizabeth W., Adrian Kirsch, Major Meh, Michael Hoffman, Azriel175, Mohan Nair, The Microscope, Stephen Biggs, and you, you mister, Lillian and Epp, uh, Kenton Miller, Asia, Asia Shockey, Asia, 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 Asia Shockey, Asia. Alexander West, <laughs> Comer Geek, and Leon Cox. And of course, our tier four members, Deb T, David Farrar, J.R. Kunkel, and tier five members, King Vald, Jeff Harris, Ozzy Matt, Mad Martron, Glumley, and Atomic Gumby. And you, King Vald, for your one off again this week. Thank you so, so much. A special thank you to our theme song creator, Sam Heffernan. The song's called Burning Light. You can find it at SWH Music on Spotify, SoundCloud, YouTube, Twitch. Our red light, green light theme writer is Justin Nozick, a.k.a. Froyog Soft Serve. Find his music at theplaguephysicians.bandcamp.com. And, of course, you, our beautiful listener, the reason why we do this in the first place. Now, you might not be aware and probably aren't because we dropped this little piece of magic last week out of nowhere uh, to our Kofi members. Uh, we have started doing a bonus show for our Kofi members called Aftershock. It's just a little bit more geek shock uh, for you happy listeners. Now, of course, we'll still always do our hour, 45 minutes, two-hour show that we've always given you and that will always be free, but we want to do something a little special for our supporters. So uh, join us there in Aftershock uh, for you uh, Kofi members. Steve does it naked. Uh, he does, and it's disturbing. <laughs> and until next week, I am Master Torgo. 80s Jeff. Commander K. Blarg. And featuring special guest star. Actually, not anymore. Not anymore. Just usual dude now. Just regular schmo Biggs. Regular schmo Professor Biggs. (laughs) Oh, I'm not even a professor anymore. No. I'm just. just Well, look, he's not a commander. He's not a master. Oh, that's true. I'm Professor Biggs. There you go. I'm a master. (laughs) I am a commander. (laughs) Master commander. It's the way it goes. That's right. We'll talk to you next week. Yo. Yo. Yeah, I had all kinds of good stuff in here. Wow, well, good. Define whole good. behind the scenes. <laughs> I don't. I, yeah. How they? How Millie Bobby Brown was originally going to play Nell Huxley? He did a whole treatment, didn't out, he? And oh, I kind of did. He you went, went too far. I did. Look, look you took it oh. too far. Jesus, it goes on and on it, and it's on. It's literally yeah. four massive paragraphs. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is. I went too far. <laughs> but you could have left in the Evan Rachel Wood and, and Evan Rachel Lucy Ward. Oh, or, or you could have cut it down to include those. <sighs> Indeed. <laughs> By don't, the way, those books are pretty awesome. Don't stifle his creativity, Todd. I oh, I don't. I'll do what every major head of studio does and just cut it. To yeah, shit. basically. There yeah. You go, there you go. Yeah. Cut it down to one line. Yeah. Well, eventually, it makes this whole thing authentic. It's going to be like, you know, uh, good night, Dick Tracy. <laughs> yeah, and and I also have to make it so it equals out to the rest of the ones because true. you know that's I have true. these you know five sentence long pitches that are actual pitches, and then I have this twenty minute dissertation on the adventurous. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think you can figure out which one's the wrong one. Yeah, and by the way, those books are pretty awesome. If you like Sherlock Holmes, if you're interested in Irene Adler, Carol Nelson Douglas is a good writer, even if she is rather verbose. What if you're not? Well, then don't read them. <laughs> Well, then Easy. Okay. All right. I will. I will take your advice. Wow. I will do as you suggest. Geek Fine. Shot. Have no fun whatsoever. That's right. I will sit in my room and pout. And there you go. That's pout. his idea of fun. And eat oh, celery. See? Yeah. And there you go. Ooh. What yeah. a life. Mm. Geek shock. Solving problems one geek at a time. What? What, what? what was that even? What? And, what and does that celery. even come from? What does that mean?
That means what inspired you to say that? Don't watch it if you don't want to watch it. Are you trying to find a, a, a catchphrase for this show? Geek no. Shock. Try our creamy thick shakes. Geek Shock. <laughs> you could be doing other things. Geek Shock. Geek Shock. Vlarg is a butt. <laughs> I'm behind that one. Yeah. Don't get behind that's my butt. A, that's a t-shirt. And then we just give him a big orange butt head. I was going to say, call him Vlarg is a butt head and then just yeah. have the, him in the Ferengi just put garb. in a Ferengi hmm. face. I'm just braver than you for braver what i think i say what i think and you're like uh, yeah but what you what you think is dumb yeah so i'm braver than you because i'm saying more of what i think yeah but you say dumb things yeah it doesn't matter that that even makes me braver ha ha (laughs) i wish you could see this little head thing he's doing right now it's great (laughs) Great, there. great, is about- <laughs> great. Steve is drawing pictures for the audio show. There you go. Is camera my There's three or, no camera. Three or one. Or- <laughs> There's no camera. Push the button, Frank. Uh. There's no- <laughs>